Oscar What's Your 20. This here's the podcast crew. We're hauling up at 901, about to hit the airwaves. Ready for bookstores, cool chatbots, and the explosive relationships you'll only find in. You've got mail. Well, rev up your modems. Or an earful of you've got mail. The Ultimate Hacker Podcast. Fans of cinema. Cyber. Hope I'm much alike. That is, if you're not some no good. Superstore. Breaker, breaker, good buddy. Expect in-depth analysis, breaking news about the cast and crew, a little internet protocol. And we'll even have a something for your inbox. You've got mail. Yes. Those are very powerful words. Welcome to an earful of You've Got Mail. I'm Alan. Nice, you got the title right. I, you know what, I actually, during the theme song, I thought to myself, what is the title of the show that I'm hosting? Always good. It's Classic good. podcasting trick. It's good to do. So I just thought that to myself, I kind of rehearsed it in my head, and I was like, I'm going to say the name of this show and get it right this time. Knock it out of the park. Uh, hi did. there, Herbie Ockles here. Uh, how you doing? Uh, were you asking me or are you asking me? audience that's kind of both you know how you doing i'm doing uh, i'm doing all right um i think um you know there's a lot of um there's not a lot going on these days a lot of staying indoors yeah it's great love it yeah you know i mean it's uh you know i've got i've got i've got wire club though to keep me company so well, if it's a great movie that teaches you what it's like to uh, only communicate through the internet uh it's uh, you've got mail exactly no it's more relevant than ever um, let's see. So, what do we, um, what do we normally talk about before things? <laughs> uh, well, we, I think we knock out, uh, Key Line Pie, our favorite, sure. famous piece. That's a good thing to do. Um, so we are both, if you want to join us, which, um, you know, you won't be able to, because you won't be able to listen to this live, because unfortunately we no longer have live shows, but if you, uh, if you want to join us in spirit, head on over to wireclub.com slash chat slash room slash... 30s underscore chat. Correct. And that'll get you into the Wire Club 30s chat, which is where we hang out when we're doing the show. Sometimes we hang out there other times. It's a good good place. Good fun people in that room. I love the crowd here, you know. It's, uh, it's you know, the internet uh, brings out the best in us. Okay, so uh, without further ado, Key Lime Pie is our famous segment uh, in which we share... I think the, the, the line that is so key, it basically cracks the five minutes open. Uh, and if we match, uh, that's it's a good omen. And we get a point, right? We get a point, uh, yeah. And if we don't match, we lose... Three points. Three points, yeah. Okay, yeah. And we are currently at... A solid 100. 100 po- Wow, we just crossed 100, huh? Yeah. Uh, which direction? Are we Did we? Are we increased? Are, are we crossing 100 on the way up or the way down? I'd have to check. I'd have to okay. check. Yeah. Uh, get our official scorekeeper out. Uh, okay, so I'm ready to go. I'm I just, ready to I go. Just... I have it pasted in to the box. And okay. are, are we are we ready for the countdown here? I am ready for the countdown. Okay. Three, Three, two, two one. one. I'm using them. The book business. I said using them. Using them. I'm in the book business. You zing them? What's you you zing them? Do you watch these five minutes? I did. I don't remember. Is that it? Is that when when uh, Joe Fox is talking about why he's a bad person? 
Uh, well, we'll get to that. Okay. Um, all right. Well, I feel like I'm in the book business, which is actually said twice. It's Oh, I debated between whether it should be I'm in the book business or I am in the book business. Hmm. Um, or no, yeah, I, I'm in the, I don't know. Anyway, they both say it. So I feel like a line that they both say is worth. That's worth interesting. Yeah. Uh, you make a good argument, but uh, we screwed up. We screwed up. Uh, let's uh, theme song. Theme song. Uh, it is time for news, feuds, and screws. Yes. See, I'm, remem- I'm remembering everything today except Absolute. song lyrics. Good work, good work. Yeah. Uh, news? I don't got news. Um, there's, uh, has there been news? I have some things that are possibly news, but I, I put them as, as screws. Any new Tom Hanks, Meg Ryan movies coming out? I don't think so. Mm, okay. Um, I have one piece of news. Go ahead. I have decided to get into cinema. Oh, that's great news. Yes. So uh, that's, that's happening. Congrats. That's a great decision. That's a big decision in one's person, person's life, whether they choose to do that or not do that. So Yes. Um, okay. And then what about um, screws? I know we got some well, screws. Feud, feuds. Well, feud, okay, quick check in on the feuds before nah, we get to the new. screws. Nothing new. All right. Okay, so screws. Uh, in the last episode, I think we're we're kind of trying to see if we can decide what they're uh, ri- written in the background about uh, Vince Mancini's books. Mm. Uh, and actually, by looking closer, we see that it actually says Vincent Newman. Mm-hmm. Uh, both in the book, Is It Good for the Jews? and Jazzman. So we said, like, uh, so that's just confusing. <laughs> I don't actually, but apparently he has a he has a well, name. That, that's his pen name. Is his pen? Yeah, I, I, I think guess. Mancini's but a much much better that, name. Than, it's interesting that I mean everyone's referring to him by his I guess real name. Yeah, it's weird. It's actually, weird. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not actually sure they say it out loud. Do they? Uh, well, we'll get to it. Okay. Well, uh, yeah, we'll get I to said it. several times a mysterious Miranda. Uh, that was a reference to some third thing. It should have been the Magnificent Miranda. So, uh-huh. uh, yeah, you can avoid that. Okay. Uh, slight Screw is uh, twice in this. Where I was reading the script talking about uh, the, the famous William Spungen, and they said, I thought he was in Mexico. Uh-huh. And the line both times was, I thought he was in Mexico. And we failed to note uh, that's the same line that was said about Tony Scaduto. Oh, Tony Scaduto back... It, I mean, the continuity between these three movies is incredible. I thought he was in Mexico.
All right, so yeah, I'm going to interrupt the flow a little bit. I think it's worth just elaborate. We had to obviously close out the theme song, but um, just so that specific line, I thought he was in Mexico, is is the identical line? I mean, it's only, uh, was that four words, five words? I thought five I thought words that are said identically in the movie's cocktail and you've got mail. Yeah, yeah, well, oh. 100%. Although it was cut from the movie, <laughs> you've got mail. <laughs> they don't say it on screen, unfortunately. <laughs> Well, it's implied on screen. Heavily implied. And then, of course, in Convoy, you know, heavy usage of the word Mexico. Uh, I mean, a little bit. Mostly in relation to New Mexico. Yeah, uh, but there, there is some lines where they talk about uh, uh, they're going to go to Mexico. D- does uh, Love Machine's pigs approve? And they oinked to say yes. Yeah, that's very, very similar. Incredibly similar, yes. It's the Tony Scaduto complex. Okay, um, so oh, this, that's all, oh, actually, that yes. is more news. Sorry. Oh, uh, someone, uh, one of our online fans, had a Tony Scudotto cocktail and posted about it and said it was great. That's huge news. Yeah. So uh, I would say this: uh, if anybody wants to have any of the earful of cocktail cocktails, uh, you can actually post a review. Uh, you know, in any way that we can get it, and we'll put it on the website. You know, we want reviews. And I mean, if they're too complicated, if you're having trouble finding ingredients. You are also welcome to uh, make <laughs> to make any of the uh, you've got mail oh, drinks. Good. I thought you said that people make substitutions. No, the no, mail, never uh, substitute. Cocktail, never cocktails. substitute. But no, yeah. uh, the you've got mail drinks are a little more approachable. You know, stuff like orange juice, which you probably got on hand or we, might be able to get are, easily. Are we going to post reviews for that? Because I don't really feel like it. No, I, I don't think we will. But I think our fans could, <laughs> could review orange juice. Okay, so yeah, we will take any fan reviews of any of the drinks. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm more thinking. I think I think Grey Goose uh, on the rocks uh, or Stoli on the rocks. Sorry. Um, Stoli on the rocks could be a good uh, with a lime in a clean in a fresh glass. Uh, could be a good uh, good thing to get a review out of. So yeah, fresh glasses make all the difference. Uh, okay, this is this is a little segment we call uh, "You've Got Spoilers." Yes, and that's why we're playing this music. Correct. Okay. Uh, yeah. So uh, this is where we take the variable spoil- spoilers. I view uh, we we tell you what happens in these five minutes, uh, so you can kind of get into our analysis and understand what's going on. Sure. A uh, little bit of overlap since the sentences last time, but I'll just start there. At the publishing party, both the couples arrive, and Kathleen finds out that Joe failed to mention that he was part of the Fox family and accuses him of spying on her shop. And accuses deceit- him? That's what it says. Okay. Accuses him. Hmm. Accuses him of spying on her shop and deceiving her. He retaliates by belittling her store in a very sarcastic manner mm. that further aggravates her worry regarding her business meanwhile patricia and frank engage into a conversation concerning a piece that frank recently wrote and patricia loved the same night angry at joe and worried about her shop kathleen seeks to find solace in her online friend okay i'll stop there that's cool very cool yeah that was that was well handled i think yeah, covered stuff. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. Uh, I missed the small scene of. No, nah, but well, we'll get to that. Should but, we yeah, next just... time ask for like twice the word count? <laughs> That's not a bad. Why? Why hold back? <laughs> <laughs> That's not a bad idea. I I mean, it's yeah. I, I don't think it would cost that much more. <laughs> 
you make a good point. Yeah, you, know, you have to. You know, what were you decreasing cost industries? You know, take advantage of it, baby. Yeah, I, and I feel like it's just the more we can have someone expound on the minute details of these scenes, the better. Oh, absolutely. I mean, that is the other question. Could we? It would cost a lot more. That's the opposite. <laughs> if we actually get different people, could you please write? Uh, you know, ten thousand words <laughs> on each five, five minutes. minutes. <laughs> Although yeah. I think that's would become intractable. Yeah, probably. Um, okay, so uh, that has been uh, you've got spoilers. All right, and who's got spoilers? You do. We do. Someone does. Nobody knows. Um. Okay. This, this is, is going great. This It's going really smoothly today. Should we talk briefly, before we get into this, should we talk briefly about um, our beverages? Uh, well, this is part of the setup. The yeah, classic. the setup. I know. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, the setup, in general, the setup has remained the same. I've got a laptop in front of me. I've also got a computer monitor in front of me that's from a different computer that's about to play... Yeah, the, none, I mean, uh, check out the the thing online, the the diagram of our cabling online. Nothing has changed for me. Nothing has changed. Uh, actually, one thing has changed. There's an additional Ethernet cable now running out the window, um, but that is for that is for powering a sound system. That's huge. Yeah, it's huge. Um, so, and then I've got some additional stuff in the setup here. I've got an iced coffee with oat milk. Right oh, here. wow. Yeah. Uh, I just finished my second cup of coffee here uh, in my famous uh, Palo Alto mug. Mm. Uh, the end of the rainbow, as it were. Sure. Uh, and I have, uh, I think just in case I need to be quenched, I have uh, a Gatorade Thirst Quencher yeah. uh, out of your supply uh, lemon-lime flavor. Oh, yeah. The garage is full of those. Yeah. it's uh, they're, they're running wild. And then I have another beverage to my left. Um, which is actually I've got a glass of water here too, which I will not be digging into, but it's it's there. And then I've got a um, I've got a Ginger Lab, highly recommended Ginger Lab, Bay Area Company, uh, Ginger Lab Ginger Beer. Ooh, with, well, this is, we're not sponsored by anybody. This is just uh, this is just my personal opinion about Ginger Lab. Sure. And they um, and there's a, it's a, a strawberry flavored ginger beer. With a little bit of bourbon in it. That's huge. They, I mean, Ginger Lab did not add the bourbon. I added the bourbon. But So, we've got that for later. And we've got the iced coffee for now. And that's our setup. That's huge. Uh, impressive work. Uh, that's the setup. I uh, hope you enjoy it. Uh, and also, if you want to share your setups, uh, you can, uh, you know, contact info at the end of the episode. And uh, please let us know. Because there's nothing we want to know more than what you're doing at home while listening to an earful of You Got Mail. Exactly. All right, should we get to the sink? I'd love to do the sink. I would also love to do the sink. I'm going to let Wire Club know uh, that um, we're sinking now. Oh, we just. Been, oh, wow. I saw my Gatorade I and know. Gator Farmer comes in. We missed Gator Farmer. Um, all right. Uh, the. Gate. Yep. Hi, Gator. Bye, Gator. Okay. Um, let's go ahead and do the sink. Uh, so, you at home. If you're not home, go home. If you're home, uh, also go home. Grab your eighth. Five what if they're an essential worker? Unless you're an essential worker, then finish your shift and then go home. Uh, grab your eighth five minutes of the uh, movie You've Got Mail. That's correct. Okay. And then uh, load that up. Load it. Lock it. 
loop it. Make sure you loop it. I realized I forgot to <laughs> I forgot to loop my version, and now I need to go and plug the mouse back into the other computer. What the hell are you? What? What is going on? Okay, I'll say this. This is a cry for help. Uh, I have learned new things. Uh, MPV is just showing more and more power every single uh, moment. I'm using it to take screenshots. I'm using it to create loops. I'm using it. I can run the film backwards if I want to. All right. Meanwhile, uh, yeah. Alan Joyce is using, I, I'd say, the caveman tools of uh, what, what's it? You have to use a uh, you have to use a mouse. I'm using VLC. No, I, there's certainly a keyboard command for enabling disabling loop. I just don't know it. I'll um, tell you what it is in uh, MPV. It's a capital L, and actually, I'm going to use that because it's great. Amazing. Uh, we just missed Colin J. Thompson, 1962. Wow, this Wire Club is is bumping. Yeah, today. it is. Huge night. Yeah, um, that's exciting. Usually in the past, that's actually a setup detail. Usually I invoke the sync uh, by using the command line option loop zero to loop it. Mm. But instead, I think as I get the on-screen uh, confirmation, I'm going to just use a keyboard command after I start it. Mm. Okay. So that's, that's Practical. Cool. Okay. Um, I've now enabled the loop. We're good. Mouse is getting plugged back into the other computer. Cool. Yep. Okay. So I'm ready to sync if you're ready to sync. This is a disaster. Holy. No, it's, everything's fine. I don't know what you're talking about. I'm ready to sync. I think you should use a real, I'm, real streaming. We're we're ready. We're, everyone's ready to sync. Fernando Tatis Jr. just hit a home run. All right, ready to sync? Okay, five, five, four, four, three, two, one, four, 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 go, go. Uh, how's your how's your sink? Uh, well, I'm not sure. to realize nope. that Tom Hagen is an emissary of Vito Corleone. How's the sink? It's just before the horse's head ends up in the bed it's with all the bloody sheets. You know, Tom Hagen's cocky. Up and says, ah, all ah, looks ah, the same. Ah, okay, there, there we go. Okay. I, I, I feel that sink could could have gone better. I think uh, you know, but it's you know it happens. Yeah. Uh, actually, uh, so true confession. I I turned my volume down in order to start the thing and then make sure that I didn't have one of those loop. Uh, those loops. Yeah, I mean, look, now who's got the wrong tools? No, I got the great tools. It's not the name of our store. It's where it is. It's where it is. You do not own the phrase around the corner. Okay, yeah. So, sync. Wonderful, wonderful. I'm ready to do the analysis. Okay. So this this part of the movie has several several subscenes. I don't care about subscenes. I'd rather care about scenes. Oh. Well, I mean, the whole thing is, I think, one scene. The reason I came what are you talking about? Because I was spending the day with <laughs> kind of you think the entire a, movie is one long yeah, scene? Exactly, yeah. It's like a meta scene. Um, okay, let's talk about it. So we have the conclusion of the party. Yeah. Yes. Or at least the conclusion of these people's involvement with the party. Our four, four protagonists' involvement with the party. We don't know. The party might continue after they leave. We don't know. We don't know. Yeah, we don't. I mean, you say we see the conclusion the of the party. I'd say we see more of the party. The we don't even see. Yeah, I mean, I mean, the party's not necessarily winding down. We just see we the, the people that we were following leave the party. We see the parts of the party we are meant to see. Sure. Okay. Let's see. And then, um, and then we get. The, well, so, and within there, are we talking multiple scenes within there? I was going to say, I believe we, there are two sub-scenes. There are, I yeah. think there's sub-scene one, which is just about Joe and Kathleen. Yep. Uh, sub-scene two, uh, we have new stars. Yes, new stars you, you get the, the plus ones come into the picture. The PNF gang. Yes. Joe Fox. 
and Joe Fox. Man, this, this scene moves. Um, this, I mean, this, it's a five minutes. It really flies by. You think, okay, there's more stuff happening, but you realize, no, that's that's entire five minutes. Happens. Yeah. We get, uh, I'd say, scene two in my in my mind. Uh, is a scene in which it is uh, Patricia and uh, Joe at home, in bed. Yes. And they go to bed. Correct. Yep. Uh, we'll get to it, but I believe that's, you know, it's... And there's, I mean, there's, there's, there's things flow together, and they're in the same room, but I think when uh, Joe goes on the online world... It's a whole different reality. You really like my sure. Film. So you think that's scene three? Yeah, I think it's scene three, Joe Goes VR. You know, I, I'm flattered. <laughs> All right, very good. Okay. Um, okay, in, uh, in what order would you wish to discuss these scenes? Uh, I would go um, one point, uh, one point one, one point two, two, three. Can we go to one point A and one point B? One dash A, one dash B. That's not what I asked for. Two dash zero, three dash zero. What are you talking about? Dash. Okay, one point A, one point B. I'm just saying. I mean, it's confusing too because you know a point. We know that you mean you know a period. Yeah. Whereas dash, it could be an M dash or an N dash, and I could see this this sort of. And I bet you probably mean a hyphen, which is disgusting. Sure. Okay. Well, fine. Let's say one one dot A. One dot crinkly, one dot B, uh, two dot zero, three dot zero. Zero, the zeroth letter of the alphabet. Yeah, exactly. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Two dot Z, three dot Z. Okay, that's great. <laughs> Loops are now I agree. Well, why? Okay, so the first part of the first scene is dot A, but the first part of the second scene is dot Z. <laughs> yeah, because it doesn't because it doesn't have multiple parts. Okay, I would have said it would have been dot .a, but if you want to say it, .z, uh, how can I argue? Um, I do. I do want to say that. Um, okay. Okay, great. Um, uh, so let's yes. start with uh, 1.a. Let's. Let's. Um, so 1. We, dot, yes. we left last time uh, in the middle of this Godfather anecdote. Yes. Um, I, I wrote Godfather reference you, continues. And of just smiling and uh, correct. Uh, so should we continue talking about it, or did we really pick that apart entirely Hello, last time? Uh, well, well we talked a lot about it last time. I mean, we'll I'm we'll sure hear it in a little no bit here. I will say, you, you know, you you told no, me to watch the Godfather as if there was going to be a lot of Godfather content. No, it's content. coming up more. It's oh, there's going to be more later. Okay. What happens to me when I'm provoked? Why? You sound very confident. Very loud all of a sudden. Blank. My Godfather. When the when the movie producer realizes that Tom Hagen is an emissary of Vito Corleone, you know, it's just before the horse's head ends up in the bed with all the bloody sheets, you know, and wakes up and it's ah, 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 ah. Never mind. You were spying on me, weren't you? You probably rented those children. Why would I spy on you? Because I am your competition, which you know perfectly well, or you would not have put up that sign just around the corner. You're grabbing food. Yeah. The entrance to our store is around the corner, and there's no other way of saying that. It's not the name of our store, it's where it is. And you do not own the phrase, around the corner. What is that? What are you doing? What is that? What are you doing? You're taking all the caviar? That caviar is a garnish. He's taking caviar. Yes, he's taking more now. Correct. Look, 
The reason I came into your store is because I was spending the day with Annabelle and Matt, and I was buying them yeah, presents. She's spooning something. The type of guy like who likes plate. to buy his way into the but hearts there, of I children. I guess spooning it back, relatives. yeah, or spooning it's it to her place. It's unclear. Children's book in the neighborhood. I, I will not always. Okay, be the case. Is, yeah, I mean, we're long thing. Let's 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 just yeah, we, we can't dissect this all at once. We got to go. We'll cut back. We'll cut back to it when she's cutting, swinging at the caviar. Yes. Okay, so let's break this down. Yeah, let's. Uh, maybe maybe duck the movie a little bit uh, a little bit more there. It's um, uh, sure it's ducking it, duck, duck it down. All right. Um. So let's see. Yes, yeah, so we have the conclusion of the Godfather reference. I don't know if there's that much more there, but it is funny to to hear him fake screaming. Yeah, I mean, so, so cool. he is talking about. Uh, as we said before, he's incorrectly referencing the movie uh, based upon a line he's saying, and he. Uh, is you know just going on to riff some more about impersonating uh, Jack Waltz from the from the Godfather. Yep. Uh, I mean, I'll say this. Uh, I'd say this is formative to me personally. Oh. Insofar as I watched this, um, and you and, said I've got to see that movie. Yeah, I mean, I think the movie kind of told me because Joe Fox is just like a cool guy. Yeah. Uh, it's like all cool people, uh, by the time they're adults, uh, just start quoting The Godfather all the time. It's you know, it's it's a it's a big movie. And you had not seen you saw this movie before you saw The Godfather. Yes, I was thirteen when I watched this in December, probably December, uh, nineteen ninety eight. Yeah. Uh, with my aunt and sister, and uh, I think I said, I got I got to see this now. This I got to wow. see. That's uh, cool. It also spoiled the movie for me uh, about the horse head. Uh, well, I mean, I feel like everyone knew about the horse head. I really feel like I probably heard it for the first time in You Got Mail. Uh, I think I saw it for the first time, The Godfather, in eighth grade, whereas this was seventh grade. So it did took me some time before I got it. But I did rent it on VHS, uh, two, oh. two tapes from the library. Wow. That's that. I mean, that that's the way to see it. Yeah, very muddy. Uh, very difficult <laughs> to hear any dialogue. Uh, uh, it's, I'd say it's a hard film to follow. Uh, I think if you, you know, for a young person especially, but I'd say on bad uh, tape quality, very hard. Very yeah. hard to hear. Yeah. Uh, so we'll get more into the Godfather and talk about more because it comes up throughout the movie. But I'll say this. It's like I was, you know, I feel like, okay, that's an obligation. You know, I'll listen to Joe Fox. Sure. Yeah. That's- okay. So, but she, so he's riffing and she is just not really. Uh, she's, you know, she's observing. I mean, she's not she's not amused because she is still trying to figure out what's going on, and she's piecing together uh, the subterfuge which is happening, which is a question we have been asking to each other, which is how much active subterfuge was going on when uh, Joe Fox and family were at the shop around the corner. Well, I mean, I think we take his response somewhat at face value where he's exasperatingly saying, you know, I, I went there because I was with the kids and the kids wanted that and, you know, whatever. Do you ever feel well, okay, so, I mean, originally we didn't know his explanation because we can't see his thoughts. Sure, sure. I mean, maybe Usually. a better movie would have had a thought bubble come <laughs> on. <laughs> would have had him thinking, like, this is the only place I can buy books. Your spite, your condescension. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I mean, here we have her uh, piece things together and say, hey, what, you know, you probably only went to my store to spy on me. Yeah. And um, I think, I mean, he is not pulling any punches here. So it feels like if he actually went to her store to spy on her, like, he would just be saying that. At this point. What's funny, I mean, it's very funny the night and day thing. So we got uh, kind of a comedy of errors at her store 
in which he tried to hide everything. He yeah. wanted to make sure he kept his identity under wraps. Uh, whereas, like, right now, after he's outed, he just goes, you know, full in. He is shameless. Uh, not, and, yeah, he's he's absolutely pulling zero punches. Well, I think, I mean, so the, book. With, with the Godfather thing, I think he actually tries to kind of riff with her at first about it. And then when she gets more accusatory about it, that's when he just, like a cornered animal, you know, like la- like uh, lashes out. Right. Well, it's kind of also like, you know, it's like you have uh, people who are enemies, but like, let's say like political uh, operatives. And sometimes you have people who like would work for rival things, but behind closed doors, you're like, okay, we're just pros. Sure. You know, let's just talk to Biz. Uh, and I think by coming in with this kind of aside and jokingly, he kind of wants her to pick up, but she actually cares. You know, she doesn't stop caring because she's off the clock. Yeah. I mean, she is. I mean, they're both personally invested in their stores, her a bit more directly than him, who is. Certainly. I mean, he is not. He, he, he uh, has very little personal responsibility. <laughs> He is too, and also, I mean, this outlet is not the make or break for the entire Fox, yeah, you know, exactly. Fox and Sons, uh, you know, franchise. And it's going well. It went uh, opening day. It's went a great. hit. Yeah, it's a hit. Yeah, I don't uh, have that handy today, unfortunately. Oh, that's too bad. Uh, but uh, yes. Yeah, so what was I going to say? Yeah, he says this is a bit. I think this is a bit revealing. Uh, did you pick up? He says this. Your your store, the shop on the corner, is the only place you can buy books for children. We oh. Books. Me, a spy. Interesting. I well, you know what I'm going to say here. The super duper they, the, this is how they uh, acquire all of their, um, they, all of their books, is they have to buy out of the bookstores. Well, I think even if you <laughs> so they take, don't have a supply chain. Yeah, if you take the movie as given, you could say that we talked about how the children's supply, the children's area is not ready yet, which is kind of implied. But if you take it a bit, uh, you know, I, okay. So here's the thing. In the screenplay, this scene happens before Fox Books opens. Oh. Tell me how oh. how different does that actually, do you think, uh, do you think this is a good choice to move it? Interesting. Um, yeah, I think it's, I think it's nicer to see him at this party riding the high of having a good opening. Yeah, because, I mean, it's interesting because if it was, if it was from the high, he would be kind of, going through the anxiety of the upcoming opening. Sure. Whereas I think that it, it works thematically that his story is a hit, but... It's he, a hit. It's a hit. But he is... And I think the fact it's a hit lets him to be uh, a bit, you know, less bottled up. For sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah he's, so, he's coming into this very confident. Yeah, exactly. So I think this works perfectly. I, 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 I give it a thumbs up. Um uh, well, what else goes on here? Okay, so then he goes around and he grabs, I mean, they're grabbing food. Uh, let's talk caviar. Let's talk, well, let's talk plate watch. Let's talk plate watch. Okay. Both of them have plates in their hands. They are circling the buffet um, spread thing. Okay, okay. Let's take a step back here. Uh, my question to you is how many people are at this party? <laughs> and second one is how much do you think it cost to make this spread? Uh, okay. Well, I mean, keep in mind this party also has a you know a, a bar with with a at least one you know staffed bartender, right? So this is already at the level of it's not like a potluck, you know. This is already at the level of like oh, it's this is a very swank party. Yes. Which I mean, I, well, he's a 
He's a famous author. He's got a new book out. I mean, this is huge. This is, this is where, a big. Is this why books cost so much? Because the authors just spend <laughs> on these lavish parties. <laughs> or is I mean, I would imagine there's a lot. This is not an honest book selling business. I imagine that the uh, you know uh, Vince Mancini, uh, alias Vincent Newman, is actually a crime lord. I mean, I don't. I mean, it's it's arg- I mean, I think you are. Uh, I think you are underestimating the ability of famous authors to throw swanky parties. <laughs> I just don't especially know how when they have a, a, a successful new book release. He's, got, he's written a lot of books. I do not think. I mean, there's there's kind of a tension here insofar as we hear later uh, talking about the midlist novel, the midlist novel. This is about people whose prestige outweighs their actual, uh, I think, bottom line success. These aren't the James Pattersons of the world. Mm. These are people who have a lot of respect in the literary crowd. Sure. So I think, if anything, it's more like, you know, uh, a college endowment. I think this money is probably being, uh, you know, in the nonprofit space. Mm. That's that's my guess. All right. I don't know. It's just my guess, which I think it's like Vince, you know, Vince uh, Mancini, I think, is more of an operative who helps different of the intellectual set feel better. I think Vince has money. He has a lot of books. He's got a lot of books. He's got a lot of space, large apartment. Yeah. And the space costs more than the books. The I can vouch for that. Uh, you don't know. This could be incredibly rare books. Uh, they don't look like rare books. Um, okay. So there's – okay. So how many people are at the party? Um, I don't know. Like uh, 25, 30? I was thinking about 40. Okay. Yeah, I could buy – I mean, if you believe there's another room in the, in the back. The hookah room. Yes. Uh, then uh, I believe there could be 40. Um but yeah, I think thirty to forty is, I think, a reasonable estimate. And all this is, I don't really care how much it costs. I guess the question is, how many kilocalories of food are on the table? Oh boy, uh, quite a few. Um, if everyone ate that, do you think they would get two thousand calories? There's only one place. Uh, okay, thirty. Um, <laughs> uh, I mean, maybe, maybe it would be about that. I mean, we just see that like it's like seems like a pretty full table, and then Sarah Mancini, Sarah, right, Sarah. Uh, I don't remember. Yeah, I think it's Sarah. Uh, Sarah Mancini comes out, which is a full roast chicken. <laughs> gigantic. A chicken or a turkey? Uh, it's it's a poultry, a gigantic poultry. It's gigantic. And then, of course, Kathleen immediately digs into it. She is the initial uh, poultry cutter. <laughs> she just goes at it. Is it I, I would say if you were at a party and someone dropped a, uh, you know, it's not carved, an uncarved uh, roast fowl yeah. on the table, gigantic. Would you feel that, like, I am allowed to cut this? Or no. Like, oh, they're probably going to come back and cut it themselves. Yeah, because it's probably resting and it's not supposed to be cut yet. <laughs> Kathleen just goes full. Yeah, she, she, yeah Well, it's great. just a way to set her up for holding this knife, which is a very funny gag. But I guess so, yeah. But it's, uh, I mean, it would have it slowed it down if... Uh, Sarah tells her, "It's like, please feel free to carve yourself some some of this fowl." Yeah. Um. Okay. So let's see. Yeah, I wrote down gigantic turkey lift happening in background. Yeah, it's really nicely framed. When you see the, you know, so it's you've got Joe and Kathleen. It's, it's Rockwellian. It's Rockwellian. You got Joe and Kathleen talking. You know, screen left, screen right, um, and between them, this, you know turkey lift is happening just you know wafting into center frame it's just gorgeous 
You're right. It's, it's wonderful. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, it makes you feel that this is this is a uh, this is the good life. Yeah. This is uh, this is America at its richest life. and most bountiful. Work all day, party all night. The good life. I imagine this must have been a big influence on Kim.com. <laughs> It's not implausible that he's, you know, probably seen this multiple times. You know, most people have. It's, I mean, if your name is Kim.com, I think you've seen the movie You've Got Mail. Yes. Uh, her name is, in fact, uh, Sarah. So got Sarah. That. Sarah Mancini. Sarah Mancini. Okay. Uh, so, so, okay, let's talk caviar. Yeah, let's talk caviar. Let's so talk the, caviar. The, okay, so there's this, there's this cool platter of... What is the is it egg egg salad is that the dish? It looks so that is the question. What the hell is this thing? It I, is it is okay, describe describe it in your in your your eyes. Uh so it's like a kind of a yellowish white which checks out for egg salad. Uh mound of goo um with uh what I think is kale and cherry tomatoes in the middle but just kind of as like a center garnish to make it look kind of like a wreath. Um, I don't think it's kale. I wrote I wrote parsley and tomatoes. Oh, I, I would buy parsley. Like, yeah, like it's like cherry tomatoes just sitting there. Yeah, but it's 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 kind of like a bunt cake, except it's not has it doesn't have this the bunch rolls. Like it's a Jello mold. It's a Jello mold. It's kind a, of it's it's yeah. it's uh it's half a toroid. Sure. Yes. And I think the, the, I mean the top half. Egg top salad story. seems egg, egg salad would check out because a it goes well with tomatoes. I mean not there are that many tomatoes anyway. Um, and then B, it could, I'm sure it could go reasonably well with caviar. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say egg salad to me is you take a bunch of hard-boiled eggs and mayonnaise and you just kind of mix them up. Yeah. So I'd say one that does not hold a shape. Well, no, I mean, this is a formed egg salad. But I just don't think that the crumbled, I could say two problems. I don't think the crumbled eggs, hard-boiled eggs... And mayonnaise would would hold if you if you formed it like this. You need other okay, ingredients. So it's more of like a casserole type thing. You think like you think it's no, baked? that's again no no form. Uh, but then on top of it is this is I'd say an egg salad is like it's like an egg. It's like eighty percent white to twenty percent yolk. This is like this is like ninety percent yellow. Yeah. Hmm. So I would say I think this is some sort of weird egg yolk gelatin dish, dish or something. Uh, I mean, it does. It's, the shape certainly looks gelatinous. I would say that. I mean, gelatin gives me some idea how it holds the texture. All, it just is. All, this looks very gross. I do not like. Oh this yeah, dish. no. But I, I mean, the caviar looks good, and Joe Fox. What a waste of caviar! <laughs> Joe Fox. Goes also, when right he for scrapes that. it, look at the bottom. Oh, that's just caviar. There's caviar on the okay. on, yeah along the rim of the bottom. Yeah. Yeah, I thought it was some sort of crust at the bottom or something, but what a mess. Yeah, it's not a good dish. Um, it's awful. Yeah. <sighs> it makes me. It really is not. It displeases me every time. But I mean, and no one has touched it. So you know. So here's the question. So you've got this dish that no one has touched, which theoretically has probably been on that table for a while. Um, he goes straight for the caviar around the edges. You know how much of a how much of a of, of an etiquette breach is this? Well, okay, so I would say a normal party of this sort. I guess okay, a party which is more of a potluck. There is a inflow and outflow of dishes. I see. This party is in full swing. Yeah. I would say. In fact, I would say it seems to be winding down based on the fact that you know. 
Everyone's kind of got broken off into pairs and are kind of talking more quietly at the edges. And Yeah, and we see yeah. Kathleen and Frank leave, correct? Yeah, yeah they leave pretty soon, yeah. Uh, which, I mean, we've they've <laughs> didn't do a whole lot since they entered, right? They had one conversation, they leave. Uh, we'll get to that. But uh, the fact Sarah's coming out with the chicken, that seems like that's kind of kicks off. Like, okay, you know, we're at full full thing here. So the eggs, either this was placed on by the fact that there is constantly more and more dishes being placed, <laughs> or it's been sitting there since the beginning of the party and not touched. Yeah. It's weird. Uh, it is definitely weird. I don't have ways. a whole lot of con- content. <laughs> it just, it's so weird. Then, and then Joe, so Joe's now got a bunch of the caviar in his plate, and then it, it's very... Um, uh, you know, it's a very bold move for Kathleen to be spooning the caviar off of his plate. Because <laughs> um, of hygiene? Well, I mean that, but no, I mean, well, a it's got kind of gross, especially if she's putting it back on the on the serving plate. That's super gross. But if she's putting it on her plate, I, that's fine. But it's like it's a little. No, she's, I mean, putting, she's putting it back on the. She's dish. putting it back on the dish. Okay, that's that's oh, it's, uncalled it's, for. Well, he used the spoon. To, there was a serving spoon that uh, the caviar. Yeah, but from the touched all the other stuff on his plate and whatever. So now you're spooning like whatever else was on his plate back onto the main dish, and it's not. Gonna I would look say good. It can't like, be grosser than this egg thing. The egg oh, thing is quite maximum. That's, that's true. I'm just saying it's not really a solution here. Okay, but okay. In general, you do have this strange dish, which is the egg. The egg main thing. You have the garnish with the parsley and the tomato, which I feel that the etiquette is probably grab some egg, hmm. grab a little bit of parsley and, a, and one cherry tomato. Mm, nah, and I don't think you would grab the parsley. I think the parsley is just there to make it look slightly better. Is it tomato fair game? I'm sure you. Could, yeah, you could totally grab a tomato. Uh, I mean, you could grab parsley if you want. It's just I think the parsley is not dish really. Look nicer meant to be eaten with it you know the tomato could actually taste pretty good with it uh and then there's caviar on the outer ridge not that much i mean i would say the amount of calories you get probably uh there is 100 times more calories via egg than caviar yeah so not a whole lot of caviar which i'd say this is kind of mancini's here for screwing up yeah totally and joe grabs i'd say a fair amount of caviar you know, it's not unreasonable. Like, you're going to grab some. You're not going to grab, like, three eggs. You know, you, <laughs> like, he's grabbing, he's grabbing like, uh, I don't know, like, probably two spoonfuls. Do you ever feel you well, initially, yeah. Yeah. Yourself. And he's yeah, definitely, yeah, I mean, and, and I'm, again, I'm saying I mean, pre-complaint. The plate has, pre-complaint, yeah, pre-passive aggressive, uh, you know, additional caviar grab. Um, yeah, I mean, I think it's, I mean, the key thing here is this plate has not been touched. Yeah, so he's he's making the best of this situation. It's uh, the opposite of a hit. Hello, it's Mr. Nasty. Uh huh. It's just a real dud. It's a dud. Yeah. Um, okay. So that happens. Uh, we're, we're gonna, we'll get around next time uh, to more of this. Uh, anything from the first part here? I think that's it for the first part. Then we're, we get... we're talking a little bit more about uh, you know, it's this is the only place you can get. I would. I still think he's double dealing at the very least. It's a convenient place to go, plausible deniability, but I think he was at least curious to check it out. Oh, he sure. He, he, I would say it would be wrong to say he was a spy, Yeah. but I think it would be right to say that he ha- did have ulterior motives to sure. some extent. Sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's, it wasn't his primary reason. Sure, it was a secondary target. Yeah. Okay, now we're going to get some good financial details, right? Yeah. Just around the corner. Just around the corner. Oh, we're talking the about that. entrance to our store... Just around the corner. corner, and there's no other way of saying that. It's, it's the not the name of our store. It's where it is. And you do not own the phrase 
around the corner. What is that? What are you doing? His dish already has crackers. What are you doing? You're taking all the caviar? That caviar is a garnish. He has like strawberries and... Yeah, he has... He has strawberries and crackers and uh, maybe some lettuce Look, or spinach. The reason I came into your store is because I was spending the day with Annabelle and Matt and I was buying them presents. I'm the type of guy who likes to buy his way into the hearts of children who are his relatives. There's only one place to find a children's book in the neighborhood. I... That will not always be the case. And it was yours, and it is a, a charming little bookstore. You probably sell, what, $350,000 worth of books in a year? How did you know that? I'm in the book business. I am in the book business. I see. And we are the Price Club. Only instead of a 10-gallon vat of olive oil for $3.99 that won't even fit under your kitchen cabinet, we sell cheap books. Me, a spy. Oh, absolutely. I have in my possession the super-duper secret printout at the sales figures of a bookstore so inconsequential yet full of its own virtue that I was immediately compelled to rush over there for fear that it's going to put me out of business. What? What? Hey, how you okay, doing? Okay, let's stop here. Mm. Mm. What a scene. Oh, just so cold. Joe Fox. So um, let's talk about, before we start, uh, the, the umbrage over around the corner. Sure, okay. Uh, she is upset that she felt that the... Okay, so do you remember uh, around the corner did in fact show up on on screen before? Yeah, on, on the promotional sign for Fox Book, for the newly opening Fox Books. On the outer shell. On the outer shell, yeah, I mean, around the corner from the from the entrance. So, yeah, so uh, if you go on the north-south street, uh, it goes up and then it hits the east-west street, which is 75th. That's seen on screen. So as you go north on the street, or south, you will see on the side of it, this is a west-facing side, uh, saying around the corner... Uh, coming Fox Books and points up towards the corner saying you need to turn onto the north facing part of the store to enter. Ah. Uh, which I think one says there are only entrances on one side. Is this is this reasonable? I'd say probably because you know you want to yeah, no, uh, totally. You, you want to make sure that reasonable. Yeah, 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 it's like in a retail store. Cut down on shoplifting. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. A gigantic store. I think you can make it work where there's like a like an antechamber and then you enter at one point. But yeah, I mean you don't gain a whole lot. So I think that makes sense. There's only one door. Um, so in uh, you know it's not it is not around the corner from her store, despite what they say. Because, as we know, her store is also on the north-facing side of the building. Mm. So, in fact, they're not across. The, they're not around the corner from each other. They're well, down the street. They're down the street from each other. Figuratively. I would say not. I'd say they're down the street. Figuratively. How do you say? Well, what, what does figuratively mean? Like, uh, close? Around, yeah, close by. Around the corner yeah, okay. means close by. Uh, and he says, no, this was not This was not calling at your store. I will say, based on the fact his, his family is full of freaks, uh, it possibly is. Because oh, it, they, absolutely it is. Because yeah, they delight in hurting people. So yes. uh, this sounds like classic Skyler. Do you ever uh, feel you become uh, it's more of a Nelson thing. Classic Nelson. Uh, and he says you don't have a trademark on it. Like, you don't own around the corner. Uh, which is just, you know, she'd make a lot more money if she did, right? 
Yeah, that'd be big for her store and, and her, yeah. I mean, you have to make money in stuff that, like, is just a nice asset that you can just bank off of, uh, you know? And that, that'd be a great asset to have in your portfolio. Around the corner, TM. Yeah, I, I went to a restaurant back in the day uh, called Around the Corner. This was great. This was back in Colorado when I was a kid. Uh, and it was a store. It was a store. It was a restaurant. And you sat down in booths. Restaurants are stores, too. They are. They're food stores. Yeah. Uh, you sit down in booths, and then uh, there is no waitstaff. Oh. Instead, there are small telephones every booth. Ooh. And you pick up the phone, and you call, and then the, you call to the kitchen. Wow. And then they call you back when it's ready, and then you go and you go pick up your food from the side of the kitchen. Wow. So it's kind of a fast, casual concept. Yeah. Uh, but it uses this phone. And then how do you pay? Uh, it might be. I, I don't know. All the food is free. It might, yeah, it's all food is free. It's the reason it went out of business. Uh, it might be the kind of thing where you, you pick up a receipt when you get your food, and then on the way out of the store, you stop by the counter. Yeah. So there's you have to staff somebody there. But. Uh, uh, I, I thought I, that blew my mind when I was like five or whatever. Sure, cool concept. Okay, let's get to the uh, the the business details here. Sure, three hundred and fifty thousand dollars of books in a year. That's what Kathleen's store does. So that's what he claims and what she confirms based upon her startled reaction. Yes. Uh, two questions. Do you yeah. think this is Joe Fox's business acumen and he scoped this out by looking at the store, looking at the general footprint, uh, looking at what the rents go in the area? Or do you think this is based upon, you know, you know any any other? Because, I mean, the, the, the Foxes are swimming in data. Sure. Yeah. You know, he probably has competitive analysis data about how much your store is likely doing or, or whatever. Yeah. I'm in the book business. Yeah. I mean, he, he's in the book business. Yeah. He didn't say, like, I'm like, I have good eyes for it. I see. Yeah, exactly. No, he's, he's saying this is his job is to know what a bookstore brings in and what all the bookstores in New York bring in. So, um, the, so but I was thinking, so his okay, $350,000 of books in a year. Sure. Um, what like what do you think their margin is here? Like what what you know what's their what's their markup on the prices of these books? Well, we we talked about in the past. What was he bought like you know six or seven books and it costs like eighty bucks? Yeah. Okay. I think the margins <laughs> sounds like at least fifty percent. Right, let's say fifty percent just just for you know yeah just to keep, take things off here right so. Yeah. Okay, so that puts us at um, uh, uh, $175,000 of profit per, well, not even profit yet, but $175 of earnings uh, after, you know, after of, like of actual net revenue from books. Net revenue is, yeah, 350 Then I guess gross is before paying, you know, salary. No, so, so gross is 350 Net yeah, minus net cost of books is 175 Sure, and she has you know four employees. Four employees, yeah, four employees. One is part time, maybe two are part time. I think uh, you know. Um, well, we we know what one of them pays in rent, right? Four fifty a month, baby. Four fifty a month. So that would mean she'd have to be making at least. No, that's no, that's that's what he pays. Oh, that's what he pays. Oh, sorry, uh, uh, that's what George pays. So he'd have to be making at least. I mean, so that's fifty four hundred a year. So, I mean, if he's being paid, uh, you know, five hundred, yeah, I, I think he probably has paid more than six thousand a year. Probably no, I mean, no, he'd have to be paid more. I mean, he's got other expenses too. I imagine taxes, baby. Um, Sam. Yeah. So, um, right, yeah, okay. So let's let's take away. Um, uh, well, so, yeah, there's an additional loss for sales taxes here, right? 
Uh, yeah, I mean that's yeah that cuts into your 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 margin. Yeah, so let's say that's another you know ten percent or so. Uh, yeah, that's. I mean, I think that sales taxes have largely gone up since the late nineties, and they probably ten percent is about as much as you see anywhere. Yeah, so I'd say in New York in the late nineties, let's say probably more like seven. But six, then seven. you're gonna count payroll taxes and whatever. I mean, there's lots of taxes to running a business. That's. I mean, payroll taxes come out of the salary, right? Uh, I'm not tired. Like you don't pay that on top of their salary. You pay them a salary, and then the payroll taxes kind of just slide out of their stuff. Uh, no, that's income tax. No, but the payroll taxes go out in their statement. Like if you get paid a thousand uh, yeah. for the week, uh, then like the payroll tax will Do take you out like you, you know a hundred. Version of yourself. Uh, wait, isn't that just income tax then? No, income tax is what you pay at the end of the year. That's if that's after they take out all, the uh, all of your, uh, yeah, and the money parts. lay away okay. from income tax. All right, okay. payroll all right. tax. All right, I've never run a small business, so uh, all right. So we are Someone taking out. You, okay, so let's say out less than than ten percent for taxes. So let's let's Hello, say a little less than that. So we're down to one hundred fifty thousand. I think the taxes are probably higher because I think at lower at lower rates of pay, the amount you pay in payroll taxes, such as Social Security and everything, is going to be a higher percentage. Yeah. But, okay. Uh, I mean, so, but also, so pre taxes, it's, it's irrelevant. I mean, it's just what does she have to pay her employees? Yeah. So pre taxes, what is her take home pay at the end of the year? She has one hundred fifty k. She has about one hundred fifty k remaining to pay four employees. Birdie, I would say, walks away with at least. And this is probably more back then, at least uh, 45000 Sure, yeah. Because yeah. Birdie is skilled. I think Birdie has been earning her bones. Okay, so Birdie takes 50000 uh, We have $100,000 left. Left. I'd say George uh, and... What's her name again? Christina Plutzker. Christina Plutzker, yes. I'd say... Christina gets fifteen thousand, twelve thousand a year. She's part time. Wow. Oh, she's part time. That's right. Okay. Let's say fifteen. Makes the math easier. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know how often she works. She's always in the store. We've never seen a scene without her. So she's. Yep. Yep. Okay. So we now have. Uh, um, we now have eighty-five thousand dollars left. George is full time. Makes eighteen thousand. Buying them presents. How about twenty? Okay, twenty. Okay, twenty thousand dollars. George. George. Okay, so now we've got so that's seventy. That's eighty-five thousand out of one hundred and fifty. So we've got sixty-five thousand dollars left. Rent every. I would say in the. It's, again, it's hard to adjust in your mind. I'd say for every month in the late nineties, I'd say that's. Uh, Gotta still be at least like twenty two hundred a month. Sure, yeah. You know, I mean, right now it'd probably be like four thousand, five thousand. So, so that's let's say that's another twenty five thousand. Uh, sure, okay. Twenty five. That's a low end. Let's say twenty eight thousand. Okay, twenty. Well, I'm just trying to make the math, math easier. I mean, let's say thirty thousand if you include electricity and stuff like that, right? Utilities. Okay, yeah, I'd say a bit more, but sure, sure. Thirty five thousand, including utilities and stuff. Yeah, it's a bit conservative. I go for that. Okay. Oh, uh, what about linens? Yeah, linens. Uh, what about um, uh, what else was on that list? I forget. Do you want me to pull it up? I will. I will in the background because uh, yeah, sure. the right thing to do. Um, okay, so we now have thirty thirty thousand dollars flat left um, left over. So that's thirty thousand dollars take home profit from the business. You said thirty thousand. Thirty thousand. Yeah. 
which Kathleen could use to pay her own salary okay, or so to, reinvest to, in the business. To, to use the wisdom of Coglin to move ahead, he knew nothing about insurance. That's one more thing. Insurance or sales tax or the building code. The building code's not an issue. Uh, or labor costs, or the power company, or purchasing or linens. Mm. So that's that's what he said. Purchasing. Well, purchasing we already accounted for because of the books. Yeah. Yep. Okay, so um, then we talk about the fact that we we know from last time that the year-over-year uh, year decrease in revenue is 1,200 less than the year before. Mm-hmm. So if, if this was a uniform... Uh, income every week probably not they make more in the holiday season but we're basically in the holiday season sure uh, so that'd be like 6.7 K uh, every week and they've dropped uh, 1200 so that's like on the order of like 20% drop that sounds about right I mean that's what you'd expect yeah yeah so if you if you take the entire top of line figure <laughs> if you I mean you cut out that 20% Kathleen is now gonna make no money and I, yeah, that that bodes poorly for for the in fact firm. she's going to lose. I mean, twenty percent on on the full, yeah, on, on three hundred fifty thousand, right, is going to mean that. Um, uh, so seventy thousand. I mean, she's going to lose forty thousand dollars a year. Yeah, and he's yeah. saying that you know he is the Price Club of books. Yes. Well, so we should talk about Price Club, but let's let's close out the financial analysis here. Um, so. Uh, is this a buy or a sell? Are you are you all in on the shop around the corner? Or are you saying this is a? a, a I'm gonna say it's I'm gonna say it's a hold. I think we need to figure we need to see what's gonna happen with this whole Fox Books situation, and you know maybe we find a well a maybe it's a prime acquisition target for Fox Books, right? So so Fox Books buying shop around the corner that's a possibility. It's good for the landlord, not sure it's good for them. Uh, well. If you buy, I mean, in terms of oh, buying the brand buying around the, the corner. Yeah, yeah, the, I mean, they're going to lose a lot of money. The firm, but the uh, the phrase around the corner is going to make a ton of money. Exactly, buying the brand, buying the buying the inventory, and you know, taking over the store. Um, sure. But uh, okay. Hello, it's Mister. But basically, what what you know, Fox Books calculates what would it cost to buy Kathleen Kelly out, essentially, right? No, I yeah, eliminate her. Yes. Extreme prejudice. Yes. Okay. So, what does this mean for profits? So, we, we yeah, we have thirty thousand dollars profit in a normal year, but not really because that's paying Kathleen Kelly's personal expenses, probably. Um, what does Kathleen Kelly make personally? Probably about thirty thousand um, dollars. I mean, unless I mean, what if Birdie Birdie might make less than fifty thousand? We could adjust that down. And then, yeah, she might be. She might do a sweetheart deal because she might be almost semi-retired. Maybe she used to make that's more as like a private bookkeeper, but now she helps run things because she likes let's, Kathleen for like let's say let's say twenty thousand. She probably does a sweet, sweetheart deal. Yeah, so that that's getting to look more reasonable because then Kathleen Kelly's got fifty thousand left, which if you count again reinvesting in the business plus paying herself a salary. That sounds about right. Kathleen so. Kelly's, I mean, her she has her, her own place, yeah. which is a nice place in, in Manhattan. So uh, either she's, you know, eating into the capital that she is living off of, or she actually is, uh, this is part of her income. She's deep into debt. <laughs> she is. She's, she's, uh, she's yeah. crushing debt. Yeah, just options. Make it up on the margin. Okay, and I asked, what did she pay her staff? And we, we took care of that, too. So, um, okay, let's talk. Should we talk about Price Club? Absolutely. Okay, are you, are you familiar with Price Club? Did you know that, like, when, when he said Price Club? I, I first heard of a Price Club when I watched 
You got mail when I was in seventh grade. Wow, really? Well, I'm not positive. I mean, I think it's it was never it was never in the Cincinnati region. You know why? Because it was a San Diego place. San Diego company, baby. So is this like is this something that like was a uh, like major fixture in like San Diego culture? Huge, huge, massive. Uh, yes, Price Club was was where it all happened in San Diego. Everyone loved Price Club. Um, and uh, it merged with Costco in 1993. So, but, is this something you know, or is it we both read the Wikipedia earlier? Well, I read the Wikipedia to refresh myself. But the thing was, I mean, throughout being a kid in San Diego, it was Price Club, right? It didn't become Costco until, until you know, late in my time there. And that's because, you know, after the merger, they kept the brands independent. Uh, until? Until, uh, I didn't write down the year. It's in 1997, I believe. 97? So, oh, interesting. So, actually, by the time this, this movie happened, they would, have been, they would have merged the brands? Really? Yeah. Which, okay, so a guy in New York, would they have known about Price Club? I mean, I think it got well, some sort of, probably some sort of nationwide. So, you know, clearly, appeal. you only read the Wikipedia article. Um, so... Uh, in 1993, uh, there were price clubs in New Jersey and Long Island. Oh, no kidding. Cool. Uh, combined, guess, okay, uh, 1993, two stores, New Jersey, Long Island. Guess how much per year those two stores combined brought in in sales? I would say, I mean, I would guess probably about $350,000 a year each, so 700000 total. <laughs> Because <laughs> they seem like probably at least as big as the shop around the corner. <laughs> All right, make a real guess. Uh, I mean, they're, I mean, these were these are the footprints of something like a Costco. So you're saying gross revenue? Yeah. Gross revenue for a Costco. I mean, I would probably say I don't know, uh, eighteen million. That is probably about what I would have thought. Um, these two stores combined brought in 150 million a year. Wow, I was thinking per store, but still, wow. <laughs> in 1993. Yeah, that's. I, I was kind of thinking about that oh, era. But we sure. got we got we got activity in the um. In the uh, wire club chat, where people meet. Uh, Dragon T three sixteen has joined the chat. Um, yeah, so so 150 150 million in. In 1993, today is 269 million. Yeah, it's a lot of money. Huge. Um, okay, that's uh, that's great. Um, so uh, let's see. Um, uh, do price? Oh yeah. And so the reason I know that is because I read an article in 1993 about uh, they were about to open the first. Price Club in uh, uh, New York City proper. Um, oh, who publishes article? New York Times. Oh, very cool. By the way, this is a earful of You've Got Mail here on Casey's Shoe Stanford. Hello. Uh, unless you're listening on the podcast, and then it's not. Correct. Um, yeah, that's 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 very cool. So do you do you remember like what is the what is the culture vibe difference between Price Club and Costco? Um, I mean they were pretty similar. I mean Costco copied Price Club, right? So Price Club was the original. You know the. Uh, even, even for Sam's Club, Sam's Club was a, was a copy of Price Club. Yeah, because um, okay. whoever Price, you know, invented this model. Um, oh, is this like Smart and Final? He was just like Mr. Yeah. Price. Yeah, it was it, the founder's name is Price. Yes. <laughs> okay. Go, go to <laughs> Smart and Final, also a San Diego chain, I believe. Hmm. Is that true? Um, oh, oh, oh. 
Um, Smart and Final is a chain of warehouse oh, food. Da, da, da. Commerce, California. Oh, well, that's where it's based now. Um, where did it start? It started in um, Los Angeles. Okay, never mind. Close. Close. Can't get closer than that. Yep. Um, Okay, uh, so yeah, so New Yorkers very much like like because I, I, I was concerned about that too because I I had thought it was actually mostly a Southern California or San Diego or West Coast thing. Yeah, I was very concerned, and uh, so no, turns out I mean certainly as of 1998, New Yorkers would absolutely get a reference to Price Club. That's so. wonderful. Uh, very yep. cool. Yep. Uh, in the background, I want to say right here, what we see we see more of the spread. We also see in the background something you predicted last uh, last time. Oh, uh, there is uh, looks like at least twelve or fifteen copies of Vince Mancini's new book, aka uh, Vince Newman's new book, something of Brooklyn. Uh, it's it's uh, ob- uh, obscured what the title is. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, so apparently, just I don't know if you're supposed to. If these are all just free, I bet it probably is. You know, maybe, oh yeah, it's, it's sure. Very, it's like very take a copy of the new book. Yeah, for sure. Hopefully, I mean, I think these they're are people who help to influence it. Although this is, we know for a fact, it got good reviews in September, and this is, you know, well, this is many months later. So uh, I don't know how much it really helps to get uh, the launches party now. Very odd. Um, yeah, I mean, it's... Uh, it's not in the well, paperback the, edition. Well, the, the reviews are out now. No, the reviews were out like two months ago. At least, two, like three oh. months ago. Is that... Oh, yeah. Mm. Well... Um, this is the second book of the fall season, which I don't think is possible. possible. Nah. Okay, um, so then the, we have the knife, the knife situation going on. Sure, so, okay, so Joe, his tongue comes out like a dagger. Oh, yeah. When he feels challenged, he knows how to hurt her. And how does he hurt Kathleen Kelly? Uh, Belittles her store. He belittles her store, but yeah, more or less, like, he calls her store inconsequential. Well, that'd be belittling it, yes. But I mean, in a lot of ways. If you say, like, oh, your store smells, your store is a bad place to buy books, I think your store is going to fail... I think saying your store is not even uh, not even worth not even the hero of its own story. A threat. Yeah, I mean, I think it's the fact like it's your store. It's not like it's not unsuccessful. Yeah, it is like it is not a meaningful story. Like there's there's no there's no reason anyone would care about your store is what inconsequential is implying. And she says like, oh yeah, we can fail, but this store is going to live on. Uh, in the hearts and spirits and mind and the history of New York. And he's saying, no, it's like, it, it will live on not at all because no one cares. Um, and he says, like, yeah, he was saying, like, oh, he was being sarcastic, saying, oh, I was spying. And I got, you know, information about this, you know, the store that is uh, so full of its personal, what's the line again? Personal virtue? I can uh, something about virtue, yeah. Yeah, I'll, I'll pull that up. Uh, I will say this party looks very pleasant. Like, people sitting down, lots of books around. Wonderful store. Ah, like, it's not a... spy. Absolutely. And I managed to get my hands on a secret printout of the sales figures of a bookstore so inconsequential and yet so full of its own virtue that I was instantly compelled to rush over and check it out for fear of driving me out of business. So, that's it. It's the only thing that matters to him, you know. It gives him a way to kind of put his life in just, you know, pluses and minuses, wins and losses. is just, you know, business life. Sure. Uh, but like, and when when he goes for this kind of just you know real uh, dagger in the heart, mm. she is uh, literally made speechless. Yes, well, almost. She does. She does utter a few uh, little squeaks. Yeah. <laughs> 
Um, it's it's actually it's a good link between subscene one subscene two, which is that she she kind of tries to get something out of her mouth and kind of squeaks, and it's not until Frank goes by and says something else that it, she exhales the rest of it. It's it's it's, it's good. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and at the same time, she is uh, you know subconsciously presumably threatening to to murder Joe Fox. <laughs> yes. So she's got she was carving up the the turkey, the bird, the whatever. And um, Hello, it's, Mr. it's a really cool thing. You know, this I'm nice sure thing with this basically the carving about. knife just kind of subtly no, ra- raises up to point that. directly at Joe Fox. Well, she turns, kind of pivots around, and as she turns, her knife just naturally is at like, you know, uh, mid-body level. <laughs> stabbing, stabbing range. Yeah, stabbing, stabbing range. Yes. And there's a great close-up of his face, and he's just like smirking at his good line, and he just looks down at it, smiles, just, you know, implying... What are you going to do? Murder me. Uh, which is, <laughs> in the middle of this party. It's great. It's wonderful. It's really good. Yeah, he. I mean, he knows how to squeeze a good bit out uh, at a time in which it doesn't, you know, it's like, you know, it's, it's, uh, he, he, he will make the most of a situation. Yes. And then Frank comes in. Frank is the peacemaker here. Is he? Oh, yeah. He comes in and he, and he, he I mean, lays he saves the knife. Joe's life. He does. He saves Joe's life. Joe is now indebted to him. <laughs> um, and he diffuses the situation by asserting I mean, his presence. Yeah, I mean, it's it's he. Uh, are you saying that he kind of? He does take some agency to kind of. Well, well let's let's get into it. It's happening very soon. Yeah. Uh, I mean, they're 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 paired off, and I guess in some ways. Each of their partner the is a bit more serious and less volatile than, than Joe and Kathleen. So they, they kind of naturally wind things down. Yes. Um, okay, so now I, we're entering, I think, um, sub, subzin 1B here. Sure. The Patricia uh, and Frank show. Scene, scene 1B, which is subzin 2. Subzin 2, okay. $150,000 worth of books in a year? We're getting there. How did you know that? It's, uh, yeah, the there's, there, no, this, this, it flies by, I though. You don't business. realize. I don't mind hearing this again. Yeah. I see. I see. And we I are the price like, club. Only guy instead of a 10-gallon vat talking. of olive oil for three ninety nine, that won't even fit under your kitchen cabinet, we sell cheap books. Me, a spy. Oh, absolutely. I have in my possession... The super-duper secret printout at the sales figures of a bookstore. So inconsequentially and full of its own virtue that I was immediately compelled to rush over there for fear that it's going to put me out of business. Squeak. Yep. What? What? Hey, how you doing? Frank Navasky. Frank. Joe Fox. Navasky. <laughs> Joe Fox. F-O-X. The inventor of the superstore, of course. The enemy of the mid-list novel, the destroyer of city books. Tell me something, really. How do you sleep at night? Ah, I use a wonderful over-the-counter <laughs> drug, Ultradorm. Don't take the whole thing, just half, and you will wake up without even the tiniest hangover. You're Frank Navasky, aren't you? Yes. Leave Your me. last piece in The Observer about Anthony Paul was, was brilliant. Really? Brilliant, yes. I'm Patricia Eden. Hi. Hi, Eden Books. Joe, this man is the greatest living expert on Julius and Ethel Rosenberg. You, you really like my uh, my this piece? This is I'm Kathleen so- Kelly. Hi. Uh, my piece? I'm sorry. I just, you know, I, I'm flattered. <laughs> you write these things and you think somebody's going to mention them and a week goes by and the phone doesn't ring and you start to think I'm a, I'm a fraud. I'm like a failure or something. And to hear that- you know what always fascinated me about Julius and Ethel Rosenberg is how old they looked when they were really just our age. <laughs> You know, 
<laughs> oh, wow. I'm so happy to have finally met you. We will talk. Have you ever thought about doing a book? Uh, it's crossed my mind. I mean, something relevant for today, like the Luddite Frank. movement in 19th century Frank. England or something. We should talk. Frank. Call me. Frank. Frank. Hey, hon, have you ever had a caviar garnish? <laughs> you ever had a caviar garnish? <laughs> oh, so much good stuff there. Oh. Okay, let's break it down. Just so dense. Yeah, it's a little hard to throw that all out. That's one of the probably the longest, uh, you know, dialogue breaks we've had. Just to put that in there. Yeah, a D break. It's still fair use, obviously. Uh, this is this show is is the pinnacle of fair use. Does it get fairer than this? Uh, Frank Nav- okay, we say Frank Navasky defuses the situation. In fact, he escalates it. Let's be clear. Uh, okay, fine. Sure. He escalates it by accusing Joe of things that he's not responsible for. Uh huh. I mean, I, I mean, I, don't, I do not think what, Joe. City books the. The killer of city books. He he says that he invented the superstore. Oh oh I see oh uh yeah no I mean he's right he's giving Joe far more credit uh than he should be but maybe he's not aware of the whole you know Fox family situation. I mean there's a question I mean uh, I think it's clear Frank he makes a lot of claims he's not particularly well researched. <laughs> like I do not I do not trust Frank as being an arbiter of facts. Well, we learn that he is the the foremost living expert on uh Julius and Ethel Rosenberg. We learn that Patricia believes him to be the the greatest living expert. Oh, it's Mr. Um yes, so that's exciting. Um But he cl- he claims he invented the superstore. I mean, yep. it's possible the you know, maybe Skylar did. It's Yes, uh, but no. But, I, but I mean, Joe, he's, Joe has done nothing of consequence. Yes, he's the enemy of the Midlist novel. I mean, he's he aligns himself with with a business which is an enemy of the Midlist novel. But I mean, sure. well, you could say they're still going to sell Midlist novels at Fox and Sons. Yeah, I assume so. Um, and then he says that he uh, killed City Books on twenty third. And that, I mean, well, Joe. I guess he didn't. I don't think he was really that connected, but he's he certainly was aware of it and celebrated it. Yeah, sure. Uh, he says, "How do you sleep at night?" I mean, Joe. Yeah, I mean, Frank has very you know he everything is is you know uh, manichaean to him. Everything uh, is a what? Uh, just manic like black and white morality, oh, good versus evil. Oh, sure. Yeah, uh, uh, technology how do you sleep versus at night? typewriters. Absolutely, the typewriter. Uh, you know, it's uh, nature's technology. It is nature's technology. Um, okay, can we talk about? Um, actually, never mind. I'll hold that till later. Um, how do you sleep at night? Uh, Patricia Eden comes in, says she sleeps at night with uh, Ultradorm. Ultradorm, <laughs> which uh, well, actually, what I was going to say, it makes an appearance later. I don't know if you noticed. That she sleeps very well? No, I mean, that does, but you see Ultradorm in the scene later. Oh, no kidding. Uh, so Ultradorm, I believe, is actually, uh, I mean, it could be something that's completely just, oh, it sounds like right, but there is, in fact, a uh, pharmaceutical name brand, Ultra Sleep. Ah, yes. Ultra Sleep is the name brand of... Uh, Doxylamine uh, succinate. I, yeah, I, I listened to one ke- uh, chemist... Uh, pronounce it to see what what it is. I think it's a sussinate. Sussinate. Yeah. So uh, nice. We, we confirm this. Yes. Uh, active ingredient Nyquil. Oh, there you go. Very good. So um okay so Ultra Dorm um I mean it's a funny name Ultra Dorm yeah um 
And uh, let's see. And then uh, she, the other cool things happening here. She is still nursing that gray goose on the rocks, or gray goose, gray goose. No, stole. I'm going to quit the show if you do that again. I, it's crossing a line. I wrote down gray goose so in my notes for some reason. Stolen on the rocks in a fresh glass. This look. This is like when I gray goose. Jesus. This is like when I wrote down. Whatever I thought Birdie's name was last. Time. I mean, it's like it's like oh, where, is she does he have an iPod? It's like no, it's not Tony H. She doesn't have an iPod. She's not freaking Grey Goose. You know, know your movie. I'm, look, I just I wrote People it down on my notes, and now it's, it's confusing me because I had it written. I've now replaced it in my notes. It won't happen again. Um, <laughs> um, so let's see. She's nursing Grey Goose on the rocks. And a pretty- <laughs> <laughs> okay, now you're, you're you're in the penalty box. Uh, let's talk about. She mentions a few things. Uh, she mentions Frank Navasky's last article about Anthony Powell. Uh, Anthony Powell um, is the. Uh, it's it's really the way she says. It sounds more like Paul. Anthony Paul. And I was like Anthony Paul. Yeah. So, oh, Anthony Powell, uh, author of uh, a Dance to the Music of Time, a twelve uh, part series, a sequence yeah. of novels he wrote over the course of 20 years. English novelist, best known for his 12-volume work, A Dance of the Music of Time. Wow, okay. It's, it's just kind of... Deep I mean, cuts? Yeah, I mean, it's 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 a famous... I mean, it's, it's you know, it's 12 novels about, like, an upper-middle-class, you know, very kind of posh uh, British set. Uh, you know, it's, 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 it's very high literary kind of thing Frank would write about. Uh, I think it's something that's kind of known more than ever read. I don't think, you know, at least in America. I mean, British people might get more out of it. Uh, and he, you know, he's he's an expert in the Rosenbergs. Sure. I mean, also, we, we do confirm he has never written a book. So I would say if you're an expert, I, he's like an op-ed writer, right? Um, I think he's like very, he does very kind of superficial level histories and stuff. He, I mean, well, except for uh, Julius and Ethel Rosenberg. <laughs> Do you think he's written scholarly pieces? I think he's written deep... Um, <laughs> deep op-eds. <laughs> deep, deep op-eds, yes. Um, well, clearly he's writing uh, some... I mean, he's writing more than opinions here if he's if he's... If his articles are on, are sort of like okay, not not necessarily op-eds, but columnist. He's a columnist. He's a, yeah, a col- sure, a columnist. Yeah, slash you know historical and literary critic. Yeah, I just don't think. I mean, you don't get a keys, uh, the the place to go very very deep uh, on this. So there is an interesting polar opposite depiction of Frank here, though. Like Patricia's impression of Frank, very different from that author's. Um, the author that stopped by his impression of Frank. Uh, which author? The one that oh the the nut from the Observer yes like I mean she describes him as that nut from the Observer yeah Miranda yeah it's, I I mean I think you know Patricia uh, we we know honestly respects Frank uh, and this is you know this is kind of meant to at once you know it's it's uh, it, it diffuses the situation because because Frank is vain uh, I, I I think the crucial part of this scene <laughs> I don't know I thought he was very down to earth. <laughs> I thought it was very down to earth. I agree. Uh, talking about the Rosenbergs, and her big observation about the Rosenbergs is, you know, she was always amused that they looked so old, when in fact they were uh, they were our age. And that's true. I looked that up. So they were like they were under forty when they yeah, were executed. I think executed. it was like thirty-five, thirty-one. I believe. Uh, that sounds too young. I think they were thirty-eight by the time they were executed. Um, I looked at uh, the info box on, on uh, Wikipedia. I believe. Okay, let me, let me, let me, we'll pull back. Uh, Thirty-five and thirty-seven. Okay. Yeah. The right there. What is that? You said at least thirty-eight, so you're 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 confirmed wrong. 
Uh, I don't it, Did I say at least 38? I don't know. Eh, well, I said 35, so let's let's both call us winners. I think you said thir- 32. I said 35, 31. Uh, so I was, I yeah, I was correct on one, and the one looks like a seven, but I, I oh, must the top. Oh, I see. Okay, I see where we went wrong. So the, the, she, uh, Patricia Eden says, I thought they always looked so old. And everybody kind of stops talking and rolls her eyes. And the implication is, boy, what a stupid, superficial comment to make. I'd say, I don't know. It's, it's no, I thought, I, I, yeah, it, it resonated. It's like, yes, it is weird. They seem like old and they're not. I mean, in this situation, I think the implication is that Joe is, like, ashamed to be around Patricia. Sure. Patricia is, you know, I think she treats uh, Joe uh, functionally. Joe yep. is a helpful person to bring drinks around and so on. Yep. Uh, and how do you think Frank and Kathleen view each other's presence here? Um, I mean, there's, well, all the looks that Joe and Kathleen are giving each other definitely show, I mean, I think she's somewhat embarrassed by his, uh, you know, egoistic, uh, you know, response. Um, and... I mean, she, she, at the, when this starts, she's overwhelmed with, uh... You know, bloodlust. <laughs> so I mean, it takes a while before she's really. She she goes. She, oh, by, she, she looks. She kind of she hugs him. She's she like. She puts her hand close to him. I'm to standing like, by I'm this guy. With Whereas, the great Frank Nebraska. Wow. No, watch. So the body language. So she gets closer to Frank and puts her arm around him. At the same time, Patricia comes and gets close to Joe, and he recoils. He actually yeah. moves away as she bounces into the scene. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and, and Kathleen is tugging him away, saying, "Thank you. You came in. You kind of calmed me down. Now let's get out." Yeah. Uh, but she is now overwhelmed by the fact that you know, uh, even though she's very proud to be aligned with Great Frank Davaski, she's upset that like he's now so wound up about this praise and he won't leave. <laughs> You start to think I'm a, I'm a fraud. I'm like a failure or something. And to hear that, you know, it always fascinates. <laughs> Joe is making fun of, of Frank's pompousness. I mean, there's a lot. I mean, just a lot of you know really funny faces going on. Our here. age, <laughs> you know. Oh, Kathleen wow, is so kind of smirking and saying, "Boy, look you. how dumb." We will talk. Have you ever thought about doing a book? Uh, it's crossed my mind. I mean, something relevant no. for today, like the Luddite Frank. movement in Frank. 19th on, century Frank. England or something. We should talk. Frank. Call me. Frank. Hey, hun. Have you ever had a caviar garnish? Um, okay, so Frank's book idea is actually definitely relevant to modern day. I don't. I mean, I think it's it's relevant for dumb dummies. Well. Uh, which is just basically, I and mean, Frank is not very thoughtful. And it makes sense that his response to technology is just like, what if you don't do it? Because, I mean, we talk, yeah. he is on the record as, as being anti-industrial revolution. Exactly. And in no small way, the Luddite movement. Of uh, the 1810s and, and beyond uh, was, you know, uh, you know, just just saying that you know industrialization is a problem for working people. Uh, you know, I mean, Frank, I don't think you know he is. Does he care about the working people's movement? Uh, no. I think um, he, he just he cares about the aesthetic he, details. Yes, he, he, yes, he cares about the principled objection to to technology, which yes. is very different than people who work in the industries of that it's disrupting. It's it's yeah, it's ruining. Yeah. My Although job. I mean, he doesn't know it yet, but certainly print publishing is is going to be disrupted real soon here. Um, not within the context of this movie, but he's you know he's in for a rough next decade. Yeah, columnists do not do great. No, no, he's yeah, but he'll he'll survive I and mean, he'll become. Uh, uh, you know, probably a blogger. 
Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> no, I know. So talking about working people's movement, what do you think also about the Rosenbergs? Rosenbergs, of, of course, were uh, Manhattan intellectuals caught up in uh, an active alliance uh, spying for the Soviet Union. Sure. Uh, you're, you're saying there's a parallel here? I, I mean, so what do you think that represents? I mean, do you think this is meaningful that the Rosenbergs are coming up? I'd say it's something the, the literary scene cares about because they're literary figures, New York intellectuals. They're, they're literary figures? I mean, they were, they were, it's a New York intellectual figure. I'd say so. Well, I mean, they were scientists, or you know, he was an intellectual engineer. I, I don't know that that means, I mean, I'd... Maybe I'm thinking the fact that like E.L. Doctorow wrote the Book of Daniel, which was like a big literary, you know, uh, work in the late '60s, early '70s about the Rosenbergs. So yeah, I, I probably like wouldn't call them themselves literary figures. I think a lot of people, I mean, people who were involved with, you know, being aligned to the Soviet Union, were involved for intellectual. They were intellectuals, if not, you know, literary intellectuals. And all intellectuals are friends, obviously. Sure. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'll say this: it's about. Uh, uh, it's about the East versus the West. The reason I came in. Uh, okay. That I'll buy that. In uh, that, I'm referring to the. Uh, they're in the Upper West Side, mm-hmm. and the Rosenbergs are in the Lower East Side. Oh yes, and and where does it meet fresh? Uh, right, uh, right in the Happy House, baby. <laughs> um, okay. Let's talk. Um, well, I think. I mean, I think we're close to wanting to move on to the other two scenes are very short. Yes. But uh, one final thought is Frank really spills his guts out. Oh. He says like he thought like when he gets this praise from, from Patricia, he not only says oh thank you I appreciate it, but he says like boy you know you know sometimes you worry you're just being a fraud. You know, just knowing, you know, and you know, he just really talks about, like, his, what is his real fear? Well, I think this is the first time anyone has ever <laughs> talked to him about his, about his work, you know, in a, in a non-forced uh, context. <laughs> so I think he's very, you know, whoa, what happened over there? Um, I, I realize that my uh, battery being low, uh, if, if it's on two bars, uh, you should, uh, you should swap it out. So, uh, oh. I had to, <laughs> uh, I'd, uh, I'd uh, do some cable swapping. Wow. Okay. All right. But, you know, it happens. It happens. It's, that's life. That's life in this modern age. Uh, does that mean we don't have a backup recording anymore? Well, you have it for the first, uh, first hour. All right. We're living on the edge, living baby. Living on the edge. Well, in if, California. You, if you hear this, then the, we did not need the backup recording. And if you don't hear this... Our record's been pretty good so far. But well, yeah, you don't yeah. want to take any chances. Uh, okay, so uh, any, any of the final thoughts here? Um, well, I mean, just the, I think the big question here is, is the party itself over or are they leaving early? Uh, the line one more time is, I'm flattered. Uh, you, you write these things and we sort of mention them and then the whole week goes by and the phone doesn't ring. You think, oh, God, I'm a fraud. I'm a failure. That's very funny. Uh, but I repeat your question one more time. Funny. Uh, the, the big question is, is the party actually over? Or are they leaving early? I think they've just got there. It, it does feel like the party's kind of winding down, though. Again, the vibe definitely is is chill. It, it's at a steady state. Okay, all right. I don't. I think it's. I think well, and then, and then the other big question is: Do Joe and um, Patricia do they go elsewhere in the party, or are they also done? I mean, I think Patricia is here to do business. She is, you know, in the literary world, and she has to make as much. Sure. So they're splash. going back. They're going back into it. Oh yeah. I mean, he is stuck there all night. Okay. So given those answers, uh, why do uh, Kathleen and Frank? 
move in the opposite direction of the exit door, and Joe and uh, and uh, Patricia move in the direction of the exit door. I have been hoodwinked by this movie in the past by trying to remember which side the doors are. Uh, so I'm not sure I well, agree with you. So you can clearly see, you know, as as Joe and, and Patricia walk away, you can clearly see the door they came in from behind them as they're walking, it, you know, away from the, the um, food table. Oh, no kidding. Uh, yeah. maybe, maybe they go to the coat room. Possibly. Possibly. That, or, the, or the hat wall. Yeah, maybe they go to their hat. Their hats. They did come the in with uh, big bonnets on, so that's probably yes. what happened. Uh, then we go back. Okay, so one one final thought is uh, Joe uh, says, "Have you ever had a ca caviar garnish?" Parts, um, arrogance, yeah, it, it kind of makes sense. This is not in the screenplay. So this could have been something of an ad lib. Sure, you it's fine. It, yeah, it's funny. Um, okay, scene the second. Hello, Bedtime. Huge. Okay. I'm sure uh, you have no idea some big things here. About. Okay. Number no, one, no, did you take mean, detailed account of what is on their nightstands? Uh, I noticed a few things. There is on uh, Frank's nightstand, there is a uh, photo of Brinkley as a puppy, presumably. Yes, indeed. Either that or a puppy that looks a lot like what Brinkley would look like as a person. You can see in this scene the door, see the door above Kathleen's head? That is the entrance to the apartment. Disagree. No, no, absolutely not, because that's the bookshelf they see coming in in the front right behind them. No. No, when we go in the beginning, the bookshelves... That we see behind them right now are like, no. Is, there's other bookshelves back there. I disagree. This okay. is this is. We're, we'll, we'll have to chart it out. As you walk in on scene one, Sarah opens the door. These bookshelves are at twelve o'clock. I'm, pr I'm pretty sure it's these same these same bookshelves. Uh, okay, then on uh, Patricia's uh, uh, bookshelf or nightstand, uh, there is a bottle of Evian water. Uh, and based on what you say, there is there is some Ultradorm. Yes, so, there is a little pill bottle of Ultradorm. Do, I mean, is it a pill bottle, or is it a pill bottle labeled Ultradorm in a way you can see it, Ultradorm? It is, you can't visibly see it's Ultradorm, but it's clear that that's the Ultradorm. I don't assume anything unless it's actually clear right. to me. Um, and then, uh, let's see, so, um, and then Joe, uh, Joe's nightstand also has an ABA mug on it. The American Basketball Association? Uh... <laughs> No, I'm guessing it's it's like American Book Books Association or something. Okay. Um, I don't know. I mean, I'm not. I'm looking it up now. I don't think it's a real thing. Uh, American Bar Association. Oh, American Booksellers Association. There you go. Oh, okay. I, I'm guessing it might be the ABA. Yep. That's what the logo is. ABA, American Booksellers Association. Okay, that's cool. Yep. That's super cool. Um, so yeah. So he's got an ABA mug, which is awesome. And um, and then she's got uh, Evian, which I think is a strong contender for Drink of the Up. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that's really other than this. Must we not need Stoli again? We have the we oh yeah we have the continuation of the Grey Goose on the Rocks. But but no. Uh, okay, so other things going on here. It's they come home. It's very clear, Joe uh, of all people. Uh, Joe, as an the audience surrogate, he picks up the fact that Frank is a blowhard. Uh, and there's probably nothing he wants less than to go home and hear Patricia continue to talk about how great Frank is. Mm -hmm. uh, he's not happy. No, he'd rather talk about caviar. He'd rather talk about Brinkley. Sure. 
and you uh, and she, uh, so Patricia goes on says, oh, uh, you know, he's so well read. He talks about Heidegger and Foucault. Uh, I don't know about them. I'd say I'm positive uh, Frank also barely knows about what's going on. He's, you know, he's, he's, it's the kind of stuff people drop, name drop. Uh, even when you have kind of you know insufficient, uh, they're you know. perfect for each other. I mean, they yeah really they do. Like my, uh, uh, Kathleen Kelly. The, the, uh, the night the night uh, night goes off. The night 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 time. The night goes off. The night goes off. You mean the light? Light goes off, but the night goes on. This is an effect I always like in movies, which is when you turn off the light in the room, they'll show that nighttime happens. By having kind of a moon, moony kind of light turned on afterwards. Sure. And I love the fact that usually they don't put this in the same circuit, so there is a gap of like a few, you know, hundred milliseconds between the two. And I love that gap every time. You see the gap here, and I just, I always love that effect. Yeah, it is a very notable gap. Okay, I can believe that. Plausible. That's ultra dorm for sure. No idea Frank Nabaski is going to be so down to earth. Now, you read his stuff, you think he's going to be so obscure and abstruse. He's always talking about, you know, Heidegger and Foucault, and I have no idea what any of it's about, really. I'm not tired. I'm not. She's out. She's out. Ultra Dorm did its work. Joe loathes uh, Patricia. <laughs> he like he like is disgusted to be around her. Yes, uh, it's it, it's it's very funny because he sits there very stiff in bed as she's going on. Uh, her move is turns out the light and she immediately goes to uh, put her arm around him. Uh, he cannot stand this uh, and immediately says defensively, "I'm not tired. I'm not." <laughs> Hello, it's Mr. Nash. <laughs> really good. Uh, sure like, like he, no like he, he's being accused of, 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 you know. No, I know what you mean. Uh, and then he gets out of bed. You know, just immediately. I mean, he just seems like he physically is disgusted. Yes. Um, why is he disgusted? Goes... Um, it's a good question. Well, I think, I think. I mean, do you think he feels that he's in love with Kathleen, or you know, like? Well, I think he, he's certainly feeling conflicted about that. Yeah. I think generally, um, Patricia's been, you know, getting further and further on his nerves, and and he. It's actually very funny. We've we've not actually heard like any emails going on in the last. Uh, Oh yeah, you know, we haven't like, had emails in a long time. Twenty minutes of the movie. Yeah, the yes. The, so, the, the like main conceit of the movie the is is uh, very front loaded. Yeah, so I mean, in this no disgust here, part of the disgust is saying it's like, boy, I really, I, it's, it's, I'm getting sick of talking to Patricia, but Shop Girl, now that's a well read, uh, you know, woman I can I can talk to. I will return to the yeah to the refuge of the cyber world. Yeah, uh, yeah, which I mean, it's it's I, I would say probably that he is. I mean, it's it's two different people, Shep Girl and Kathleen, but he is he's he, um, either of them kind of have at least some more substance to them than, than Patricia. The yeah, and yeah. And then, so then, or do we? I mean, is that do we want to move on to scene three? That's basically all I got. Yeah, that's a quick, quick, quick one, two, or quick two, three. Um, okay, and then um, be worthy. Yes, and then he writes. So he he writes the best subject I've ever seen for an email. It's a wonderful subject. <laughs> Which I'm going to just send in Wire Club chat now. 
Um, <laughs> I'm in the book business. <laughs> the subject is, you want to read it together? In case, in case you, you were, were wondering, wondering, I'm not, not perfect. Uh, really good. I'm just going to start sending more emails with statements like that in the yeah, subject. Yeah, talking to family, friends, loved ones, work colleagues. You know, it's always appropriate. In case you were wondering, I'm not perfect. And there's an interesting... So the this email provokes, I believe, the first time... Uh, well, maybe the second time, but we they do very directly engage with one another on the subject or on, on the the you know discourse of this email. Yeah, but up to this point, I mean, this this is one more case of Joe is more than anything kind of trying to. You know, a lot of times he's just kind of like riffing, talking about stuff that amuses him. Now he's kind of talking about his demons, venting into the void, venting into the void. Uh, but actually offers some sort of subject that she can she can actually latch onto and, and say something else. So you know, pretty cool. Good for them. Very good for them. Um, I mean, it does help that they both have the exact same experience. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they have uh, they have some <laughs> they have they really have a lot to bond about because they both had a very similar day <laughs> yeah i mean everyone has the human experience that's something we all have uh we talked about dashes earlier do you are you looking at his dashes here yeah i did i saw the dashes they're not good but i mean early aol i can excuse it but yeah he's got it's it's two uh it's two hyphens next to each other it's not a uh it's not a proper m dash yeah it's not a proper m dash this is kind of here's a question i mean i use this a lot because you know it's hard to actually use the unicode endpoints in 1998 would have been impossible. It, it would have probably broken AOL if you tried to insert an M dash. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe like in some places they have they do automatic things to replace uh, hyphens. He does a space before and a space after, and actually that I do not like. Um, you mean a space? It, he doesn't do a space between the two dashes. No, but I, oh. if I'm doing a double hyphen as an M dash, I would do the end of the word no oh. space. Hyphen hyphen new word. He does instead because no, I, I like because giving it space. Because if you're doing an M dash, there'd be no space before or after. It, technically, there wouldn't, but I I think there should be space, and I always put space around it because I think it looks I think it looks bad without the space. Well, you should look at more uh, typesetting because they always. No, I, I I know how it's properly done. I'm just choosing to deviate from that because I think it looks better. Ah, <laughs> uh, you're way, way off. I'm not tired. Uh, yeah, he is, uh, but he talks about, what, 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 let's, let's listen, it's going up. Brinkley. More like Blinkley. Do you ever phone. feel you become the worst version of yourself? That a Pandora's box of all the secret, hateful parts, your arrogance, your spite, your condescension has sprung open. Someone provokes you, and instead of just smiling and moving on, you zing them. <laughs> you zing Hello, it's Mr. Nasty. Hello, it's Mr. Nasty. <laughs> I'm sure you have no idea what I'm talking about. No, I know what you mean, and I'm completely jealous. What happens to me when I'm provoked is that I get tongue-tied. My mind goes blank. How often do you say a word out loud while doing the email? Um, oh, I, I actually more so lately because you know because I'm home and you know there's no one around. And you're going, to think I'm crazy. And you're going slowly insane. No, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I'm going slowly insane. You're just yelling um, out words. I do. I actually now when I'm typing when I'm typing you know words to people over email or chat or whatever. I I now 
sometimes say them aloud. <laughs> nice, good for you. Good for you. Um, yeah. So what? So let's. Uh, what does Kathleen say? What happens to me when I'm provoked? Is I is I get tongue tied. My get, mind, my mind goes. Then she spells out in front of her and says out loud, "Blank." Okay, great. I just needed something to type into Wire Club. Um, <laughs> uh, we've got this. This per, whoever this is, this uh, Dragan three one six. We've we've got him. We've got him. Uh, you know, uh, hooked here. We're having a uh, back and forth conversation for like the whole show. I love Wire Club. Okay. Um, so Joe says he become. Have you ever become the worst version of yourself? My have you? you uh, well, that's a bit personal. Mm. My question to you is. Uh, I mean, like, at some what, point, like I mean, so. I mean, I think by definition. By definition, you you at some point you've been the best version of yourself, and at some point you've been the worst version of yourself. I think that's true. Uh, but okay, so so the, should her response have been yes? Yeah, say sorry. Uh, you know, NY one five two. Your statement is tautologically correct. Uh, <laughs> oh yeah, that would have been good. That's a good Frank response. Uh, yeah, I mean that's it's that is probably what I would also say. Uh, I mean, I that's a question. Like, who are you? Are you because you know, are you more of a Joe or a Frank? I. You know, I mean, I could see it going their way because, uh, you know, how are they different? Um, I, mean, I could say you're well, a Joe Frank or, or a Kathleen or Patricia, you know, I'd say everyone's one of the That's two. a good, or, I'm, or I'm, I am sure this personality test exists somewhere because this movie is popular enough that it almost certainly has one of these. But um, so, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think the, uh, the, 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 the difference between Joe and Frank is that, uh, you know, Frank cares. Joe yes. doesn't care. Yeah, that's the thing. I have the I have the high strung caring about things nature that Frank does, combined with the, uh, you know, uh, willing to, you know, poke fun at pretty much everything that Joe does. Yeah, Frank doesn't riff. Frank does not riff, yeah. So, okay, so here's a question. Joe says the worst version of himself, and to him, the worst version of himself is because he became abusive. Um, yeah. He, uh, he became Mr. Nasty. He be, which I, I considered typing into Wire Club chat, um, but I think that would take things in a... In a <laughs> <laughs> in a in a uh, not a direction I want to go with uh, Dragon T three one six. He says, uh, you know, you know, a shop girl. I have sinned. I, I have zinged someone. <laughs> that is a good corollary. This is basically their confessional. It kind of is, yeah. Yeah. Um, and it is just now being used for that purpose. Yeah. Finally. Um, I mean, I think the, the the role of morality in everyone's life here, mm-hmm. you know, it's I think that no, the morality is slowly decaying as far as like so everyone, everyone's self reflection. I mean, Joe has always been a fairly amoral creature. He just wants to have fun and kind of, you know, stick around. Yeah. Uh, Kathleen is usually, I think, a principal person, but she gets the vo- uh, the point of you know, you know, uh, just executing violence on someone to get rid of them. Like this is at least a uh, subconscious, you know, will. <laughs> well, she's not acting upon it. I mean, it's like the Godfather. In the Godfather, everything is amoral there. People just, it's like, okay, we need to kind of keep business healthy. We just need to murder some people, kind of secure our business in the East parts. You know, it's like, it's, it's like oh, it's nothing personal. You know, it's just business. Uh, and I will, you, you know, and that's the kind of thing. Like, it's not personal. She just kind of, you know, needs to be violent because 
that's what it takes to uh, to exist in this world. box of all the secret hateful sure. parts. Yeah, I mean, she opened the Pandora's box of all the secret hateful parts. Condescension. <laughs> I just like the fact this like Joe is not usually that much better than this. At best, <laughs> I mean, he's affable, and he was, you know, I guess the thing is he wasn't really affable here because to his audience he was a bit abusive. Yeah, you know, sometimes sure you sometimes you no be, be Don Rickles. No, sure. I know what you mean. Is it so? Uh, the do you see the buttons on the on the? What see the buttons on her pajamas. Yes, there's buttons on her pajamas. There's also buttons on the message. Uh, oh no, I did not see that. Uh, I believe they were delete and help. <laughs> oh, that's great. <laughs> Which could be symbolism. Yeah, uh, nice, nice transition between the two scenes. Very nice, yes. And then, and her final line in these five minutes about the blank has a very nice, you know, she she uh, says it silently. Yeah, um, which is and the hand motions, which is oh, it's wonderful. Uh, describe the transition. The transition between well, it's it, we pan down on his laptop and then pan up on hers. Yeah, and because it's jet black, it's seamless. Yeah, we actually we, we, and when we see the Apple well, and because it's an Apple laptop, which is also seamless. Yeah, uh, her room. No by the screws, way, baby. Is her room really at night? Is her room at night? Because it looks very. It looks like it looks like the morning light, right? Well, no, it's entirely possible she's responding the next day. In fact, that's very likely. I I don't. I mean, I guess that's the thing. Yeah, she probably she got home early, so. I mean, you. Yeah, I mean, he's he's up late because you know he's he can't sleep. Do you think that's, do you think that's cheating? Uh, to kind of you know I mean like the movie time the way you compress things happening. If you're reading letters, you know, how quickly do you go from letter being sent to letter being received? Um, no way to know. Wait, 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 with a physical letter? I mean, like, you don't want to, like, you know, kind of, like, show immediately. Like, to show some sort of change in time, it can be distorting if you show it happening simultaneously. Yeah, exactly. That's what this this laptop pan is for. Uh, I mean, you do like it. That's, that makes it look like it's simultaneous because it's, it's the same time and space. I'm just saying, I think it, it, it works. It's a bold move. Oh, yeah. I mean, this whole mo- this movie is full of bold moves. Yeah. Uh, speaking of bold, are we done with analysis? I think we're done with analysis. I think we can move into Hack of the up. Oh yeah. Okay. Got some drink of the up music. Uh, I can get some if you'd like it. I'd love some. Hey. Okay. How you doing, Frank Navasky? Um. Joe Fox. Joe Fox. Not, not our, not our, not our smoothest show for different reasons, but yeah. No, no. I, I, it's been great. I, I searched for hacker waterfall and I didn't find anything. So. I... <laughs> oh, All right. Um, uh, drink the up. Drink of the up. <laughs> That's where we take the, the the drink that really represents these five minutes. Uh, I I would say Evian water for me. I think it has to be Evian water. I mean, the other only other option is the continuation of the uh, rocks uh, glass. Yeah, there's also a white wine on the table, but no, oh yeah, there is a white wine on the book table. Yeah, it's yeah. Not, it's not that memorable. Sure, you didn't re- you remember it for one? Uh, I I mean I saw it, but you remember it. I remember it when I saw it. Uh, but then you forgot it. Uh, okay, Evian water. Evian water, baby. You always fascinated me about Wonderful. Wonderful. Look how old they look. Uh, now really it is uh, the hack of the up. Now it is time for hack yeah. of the. Oh, wow. I'm so happy to finally app. get you. <laughs>
It's our hacking music. And this, this segment's doing great because we, like, this is already paying dividends. We came up with a hack in the first episode about drones uh, flying in the house, and this actually is, uh, you know, now it exists in the real world. Uh, you know, ring doorbells have, have taken our idea and implemented it. So. Yeah, we, we should have included that in the uh, news. news. Yeah, I guess you're right. Yeah. Um, yeah, Amazon has released a drone product based on our idea from the first episode. Yeah, so we did this as a passion project, but, I mean, we'll get those, uh, you know, the dividends, the, uh, you know, on our patent, so. Yep, yeah, it is going to be good. Uh, we will get that Amazon money. Hell yeah. Uh, okay, so, uh, what, okay, Hack of the App, this is where Not we make tired. life better through technology. In these five minutes, look for moments in which uh, people, you know, could be living better lives. Yes. Uh, you know, through, Enabled through, through technological innovation. Ideally. You know, yes. I, I'd say, you know, we, we've done simple machines, we've done uh, advanced machines, you know. Anything sure. possible. Uh, okay, what could be improved here? We've got the caviar situation. That's a good point, yeah. I mean, most of the food is barely touched. There isn't much of a problem. But, yeah, the caviar, uh, there is there's a lot of problems with the uh, you know, kind of at least perceived scarcity. Yep. Uh, so we've got the caviar situation. We've got the turkey carving situation. I mean, I'll say technology, the, the more subtle and sophisticated the uh, irritation is, the harder. I mean, I'd say as far as they're all very irritated at each other's people, Technology ain't gonna fix that. Uh, there are ways. There are ways. Hmm. Um, we've got the uh, not being able to sleep. Joe not being able to sleep. Uh, uh, you know, Patricia needing the help of. Um, I think technology. I mean, I think technology is already solving that. Yeah. yeah. If Joe wanted to sleep, he could. The problem is he doesn't want to sleep. Yeah, he'd take some uh, something dorm. So is that the problem that Joe doesn't want to sleep? Yeah, something that would convince him to want to sleep. <laughs> yes, that's something. Um, that's an option. Yeah. Um, what else? What else do we have? Uh, we have uh, the fact that she gets tongue-tied. Yep, that could be solved with technology. <laughs> Just a uh, squawk box. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Always says something. Possibly, yeah. Um, it's, it's not great when you're when you get tongue-tied. You start getting stabby. You know. It's, it's, yeah. It's dangerous. Such a huge basket full of crackers. That's a that's a full ham back there. Yeah. There's oh. a big basket full of bread too. Multiple full of bread, but oh, one bread, full of bread. like bread chunks. Yeah. Um. All right. What? Uh, I think it's your turn to to come up with some hacks here. So. I I think I gotta say the fact that she gets tongue tied. Okay, tongue tied. How are we gonna solve tongue tied? Uh, okay. I mean, you know, her mind has gone blank. You know, that's a, that's the issue here. Mm. Uh, you know, it's a, it's it, when she feels, you know, she gets, you know, uh, what was the line? You, you, know, you face conflict. You face some, some sort of, you know, you get, you know, get confronted. You just, your mind goes blank. Yeah, and then and then you you clam up. Yeah, I mean, part of it. I mean, the uh, the thing is, when you go to a literary party, you should presume conflict is going to happen. Of course. You should presume that you are going to be cornered by your enemies, <laughs> your business enemies. Mm. People you thought were friends will turn out to be foes. Yes, your uh, enemies. Yeah, exactly. So I think it's good to you know, at least uh, you know be prepared. And I think part of being prepared is to... Uh, be prepared. Yeah, I mean, so I mean, here is something that technology has brought in other spheres, which is the auto-reply. Ooh, a real-world auto-reply. Yeah, IRL uh, auto-reply. I like it. I like it. 
Yeah, and uh, you know how would this work? I just think that uh, you know, d- does your phone have auto replies? Um, does that exist? It has. It has word suggestions. I mean, not like full. I mean, full phrase auto replies. Like some apps have that. You know. I just I, my old VX A three five zero used to have auto replies, uh, including. Uh, like, hold, hold on while I get my ears warmed up. That's a great one. <laughs> uh, like the, the ones out of the box were. Uh, uh, where uh, would you like to go out on a date with me? <laughs> Which I see is an incredible auto reply. Well, the nice thing about that is you can always claim that it was like it is legitimately an auto reply on your phone that you could have sent by accident, and so you can always you have you have plausible deniability that it's like you know if that goes over poorly, you're like oh whoops that was. My yeah. auto reply. People love buggy software that allows them to kind of push the boundaries of etiquette and then get plausible deniability. Yeah, it's exactly. Wonderful. Exactly. I mean, is that something you want here, or do you want a uh, conservative auto reply that would actually make sure that? Uh... No, I think here you want as soon as she goes quiet. I think you want technology that takes over and drives drives this situation forward. So, okay, this is one way forward. The other option is you go the other way. Which is she could be like wearing a visor, which is when you go blank, uh, the visor could cloud up, and then like she, you know, she gets out of the scene. But basically, you know, it's like okay, well, hold on, you know, I'm, I'm currently, I'm currently. Uh, well, or it just my coaches, visor, my it, visor is obscured. It coaches her through what to say. That's a possibility too. Possibly. Uh, so I mean, it's a flight or fight response. You, you yeah. fight with auto reply, or you flight with, uh, you know, getting out of there. Yeah. Uh, well, what do you prefer? Are you more of a flight think, or a flight guy? I think more an artificial voice box that takes over. I think it's... Sure. Yeah. Uh, okay, so uh, describe the form factor. Um, so I think it's a, it's like a, it's like a necklace. Okay. Like a, or like a, you know, like a pendant, right? So it's got, it's got some heft to it, but it's like a pendant you wear around your neck, right? This music rocks, by the way. I know, it's great. Hacking, man. Um, so you you wear this pendant, and the pendant senses when you stop talking. And whenever you stop talking, the pendant uses pre-recorded previous things you said and stitches them together and plays them back. Uh, does, it, does it listen for other people talking? Or if you stop talking for any reason, it just starts... No, yeah, it listens. If nobody else is talking and you're not talking, then it starts playing back mashup clips of previous things you said. Oh, so big data. Yes. So it takes everything you say and just kind of mixes it together. So. Yes, exactly. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, 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 I'm not positive. How does it know the right context-specific way? Of, of, of Doesn't really need to. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you use, you know, that's what big data, you know, you just throw data it, at it. It all good. averages out. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, that sounds okay. Uh, so I mean, so this is one pennant, and it has like a sensor for listening and a sensor for speaking. Um, yes. I just worry that it will be obvious that it's coming from your, from your like sternum. Oh no! I think it it projects, it projects upward, and the sound bounces off your chin. I I would. Prefer... You have to put a, a reflective, like an acoustic reflective cream on your chin every day. Like, instead of this, could this be like a nice, like kind of, uh, you know, choker? Sure. Or a head. What about a headband? Uh, yeah, that'd be fun. And it's got a little like mouth on it. <laughs> what, what about like kind of a lower face band? Uh, like a scarf. Yeah, kind of like a like a maybe like a mort in uh, in Bazooka Joe turtleneck. What I mean, what about just like a, a balaclava? 
uh, a baklava? A balaclava. A baklava? A balaclava. What's a balaclava? The thing, the ski mask, the, the a balaclava. The thing that, like, robbers wear. Uh, Balaclava, a close-fitting garment covering the whole head and neck except for parts of the face, typically made of wool. A balaclava. Oh, that's what that is. Okay. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Yeah, let's do one of those. Okay, it's a balaclava. <laughs> you just want the, like, so it's everywhere but your mouth. Um, yes, your mouth exactly. Yeah. What a reverse balaclava. A reverse balaclava, that could work, yeah. Okay. Uh, is that is that enough hacking right now? Or? I think that's enough hacking. That okay, has are, been. Are you gonna confirm? Yeah, you it's your oh. choice to confirm. I will confirm the hack. Okay, hack confirm. Hack confirm. It's <laughs> our new hack confirm sound. Very good. Uh, okay. Uh, not much left here. Just need to. Uh, Big hack. Yeah. You know, Big uh, hack. Uh, where in the air? Famous segment. This is where in the air. Uh, oh, right. Do we, music want, do we want actual music for Where in the Air? Or what? The hacking music's great. Uh, I lost the hacking music. It's now gone. <laughs> <laughs> this is... It was jeopardizing uh, our ability to keep the recording running. Uh, we, <laughs> this computer can only do so many things. Yeah. Uh, this is Where in the Air. Um, okay. So, um, we are going to rate... The movie as a whole as a whole. The movie up until this point as a whole. This is where in the air. Let's get a, like let's explain stuff for the fans. And these five minutes. Well, this we, go, we, we take, take a where's eye view. The where's eye view. The software. A where's eye view. Mitch Moreland, great home run just now. That's Huge. clutch. Potters are up six to two. Huge. Huge. Um, okay. So, yeah, we take a where's eye view yeah. of this of this wonderful movie. And we're looking at the movie as a whole as a whole, rating uh, zero to five stars, no half stars. Um, no quarter stars. No quarter stars. And rational numbers only. Rational numbers, um, normal numbers, uh, square roots only. In- integers only, and actually positive integers only. Integers and... Oh, zero is not positive, so non-negative. Non-negative integers, divisible by two. These are great lamps. And it does seem like they have two handle. They have like two different things you can click. Oh, I've seen lamps oh, like because, that. Why yeah. would you need two if there's I, only like you have to do it once to put both the lights out? You insane. pull on one side and the other one you pull on the other <laughs> side, depending on which side of the lamp you're on. It's also, insane. it looks nicer. It looks bad. Okay. Okay. Um, uh, so, so okay, movie as a whole as a whole. Yep. And the mean, median, and mode all have to be 2.5. Correct. Yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. Are you ready? Movie as a whole, as a whole. Sure. Three, two, one. Four and a half stars. Four, four, four and a half stars. Okay. Yeah. A movie up to this point. Movie up to this point. Okay. Three, Three two, two, one. one. Four, four and, and a half, half stars. stars. Okay. Wow. Very aligned today. All right. Um, these five minutes. Yes, ready? Locked in. Okay. Three, three, two, two one, four two and a half stars. Wow! Oh, I didn't think it was. Yeah, I know it was a bit. It was nice, but it was kind of feel like it was just like a meat and potatoes. I don't know. I think the whole. I mean, I think I think the first scene is carries it. I think scenes two and three are meh. Carry Progmanson. Carry, which I guess yeah, I'll go four stars. But no, I think the first scene is really strong. It's, There's a it's lot. It's good, of it. but it pales oh. compared to last week's scene. That's true. Well, I mean, I rated last week five stars. Oh, so I, absolutely. Okay. So four, four. No, I think four stars is fine. Okay, I, I just really like this party. I'm really digging what the whole party. vibe of this party. Yeah. Uh, by the way, if you want to contact us, 
Well, that hold on. That has been where in, in the air. See, you gotta you gotta close the segment before you can start new things. But if you do want to contact us, here's what you would do. Here's okay. Keep a good time. Here's okay. You here's we'll do it question answer style. <laughs> you give me a prompt, I will answer it. I'll give you a prompt, you answer it. Ready? Okay. Three, two, one. I want to Twitter you at earful of. I want to email you. Here's staff at earfulof.com or staff at earfulof.com or staff at earfulof.com. Once it's set better every week okay so uh, as does. we said it just keeps getting better yeah no matter where you are in life no matter if you're getting better or worse if you're the best person best version of yourself or the worst version of yourself you know uh, email can help uh, you know uh, heal the wounds and it was yours and it yes. make life just a little a little bit better but what but but email but, i mean but what you do with that email yes that that is is up, up to you, you. Now you're 